0: everybody it is sunday morning it's nine o seven on w g n I am not Dean Richards. I'm John Hanson. I'm filling in here today for Dean, who has a well-deserved day off and a very happy Mother's Day to everybody out there. Obviously, all the moms out there and uh, everyone thinking about their moms, whether they're here or maybe not here anymore. It's still a nice day to think about your mom either way. And thanks so much for listening. You know the phone number here: three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. And I'd love for you to join the conversation. We got a great show today. Dave Schwann, Andy Mazur. Obviously, still in their chairs, and uh, thanks for hanging around for me, guys. I appreciate it. Of
1: course. It. Good well, to see you. Good to work with you, yeah. as
0: always, John. A- Andy in protest almost left, I saw. Yeah, but.
2: well, you know what? <laughs> they locked the door, and I had to stay. Yeah, exactly. They keep you on here. <laughs> about that 80-to-1 shot yesterday? That was exciting. Yeah. If you haven't seen the race, I mean, you obviously know who won already, but mm-hmm. if you haven't seen the race, check out the overhead yeah. camera view where NBC Sports kind of identified where the horses are, these big arrows with their names on it. Mm-hmm. And to watch Rich Strike do what it did as far as weaving through traffic and then coming up the rail and just blowing by everybody. I mean, it was mm-hmm. uh, three quarters of a length. It was just, uh, it was crazy. Yeah,
0: it was. And 80 to 1, as you say, you know, a long shot. But those things happen. That's why it's 80 to 1, not 10,000 to 1, right? I guess. Yeah. These things happen and just. I saw some uh, screen grabs on Twitter and social media of people who bet eighty to one, and mm-hmm. I, Andy, I don't think people bet it. Actually, think they win. I think no. that they like to bet the last, the last one just for fun.
2: Yeah, and think about it. The horse didn't get in until Friday when there was a scratch, so that that allowed Rich Strike to get into the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Friday was the, was the time that you know the horse has been in the in the field for two days. Some of them have been in for a little while here. Now, I'm not a horse psychologist. Uh, amongst many things,
0: but I feel like that's an, maybe a little advantage, it could right? Be, yeah,
2: because you don't know the horse doesn't know to get scared. You know, just uh, just run. It's right. like
0: when a Cubs pitcher used to come in from Iowa and they'd like drive him in overnight, and they're run like, right "You in. go ahead,
2: yeah, your plan, get in there. <laughs> don't think about it, just do it."
0: Right? I mean, Dave's a horse psychology uh, psychologist. Good thing too, Dave, and your other line of work, <laughs> He's a whisperer. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, you're a horse whisperer. That's <laughs> right. So, what'd you say to the, the horse, Dave, to keep him calm?
2: I just said,
0: "Get going." <laughs> Just get moving. <laughs> all right. Just psych yourself up for it. He kept and calling
2: him Mr. Ed and it was all good. <laughs> and he just said,
1: okay, we'll be.
0: <laughs> I was, oh, we're off to a great start. I, uh, figured, I was trying to figure out like what 80 to 1 feels like in like real terms. I, I think picturing 80 to 1 is kind of hard to conceptualize. Cause, right, it is, yeah. it's not unheard of, right? 81 no. means once out of every 80 chances, give or take, that should happen. And, I kind of did some quick math here on my calculator, which means it could be wrong, people. So three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. let me know. But I kind of likened it to if you call the flip of a coin it's somewhere between six or seven times in a row, hmm. right? Which seems possible, right? It's you, possible. You, right. But it, It's you, not it's, probable, but it's possible. And then I did another analysis. It'd be like picking the right card out of a deck of cards. Just any, like, I say seven of hearts. I pick it at seven hearts. And then flipping a coin once and getting it right.
2: Yeah, cuz that, that 52 to 52 to 1, yeah, so that'd be 104
0: yeah. then with this. so there's I'm trying to find a better yeah, no, way. It's,
2: but it's at, that puts it in perspective because if there were 20 horses in this field and then you're you're talking about compounding that with an 80 to 1 shot that you know, nobody thought ever even had a, a a chance in the in the world to mm-hmm. to win this race. And I think you're right. I think some people just uh, with that extra spending cash like to say, okay, yeah, I put ten bucks on uh, on the long shot, and if it wins, great. You know, if it doesn't win, okay, I'm out ten bucks. Yeah,
0: right. Who cares? And then you then you even have the Instagram worthy. Mo- oh, I uh, bet on the, the long shot. Look yeah. at me. Oh, and uh, paying off for some people. I'm on a group that I don't do any of the betting. I went to the Derby once. But have me you ever too. been? I went once. Were you in the infield, or were you out? Did you have a seat? I was in the
2: infield, oh, and it was the sloppiest track because there was tornadoes in the in Louisville. The night before, did you go in 2013? Did we go to the same year? No, I was in 1994. I was oh, at that okay. at that one where uh, the infield was nothing but mud, and Ugh. basically it was uh, mud football, mud pies, <laughs> mud fights, mud everything. I mean, by the t- by the time we realized that the Kentucky Derby was actually going on, it was almost over. <laughs> okay, you know, I had a
0: very similar experience, Andy. I went yeah. in 2013, and there were storms. I went on a triple bachelor party. Hmm. Which is a bad start to any weekend. (laughs) We took a coach bus down to Louisville, which is another bad start situation. You got 40 guys on a coach bus.
1: bus. You say triple bachelor party, meaning three of the guys that are going to get married at the same time. No, it was his third
0: wife. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, it was three guys. (laughs) That is dangerous. It was not a good decision. And so we got down the night before. First of all, we booked it so late, and those hotel rooms are booked so much, that our actual Hotel, and I use hotel in the loosest of terms, was about 45 minutes out of Louisville. And it wasn't in a town. I remember looking it up. There was no town name mm. to where we were. Uh, anyways, that's a whole other story. But the point is, we get to the Kentucky Derby. It had rained all night the morning before. It wasn't a downpour all day, but it was misting the whole day. And the infield, if you've
2: never been, is so gigantic. It's massive.
0: I didn't see a single horse.
2: Yeah, you just... It, <laughs> at if, the Kentucky if, Derby. If you're not looking in the right spot, you will miss everything that's going on and everything yeah we you know we tried to get uh, we tried to get beer in there uh, in a cooler and they confiscated the beer because oh, you can't yeah. bring it in on your own so we saved some of it in my my buddy's truck right and at the end of the day we tried to get our money back there were people buying our beer on the way out.
0: Oh, <laughs> yeah well that's sort of what happened yeah. so i went there so 2013 was unfortunately just after the Boston Marathon right! So there was extra restrictions. So we didn't have like a backpack. We could bring a poncho. And there was nothing we were even allowed. They Mm. didn't do any searches. So it turned into Lord of the Flies. Oh, man. Because people that had brought in garbage bags, I will never forget this, were selling garbage bags for
2: $50 a pop. People buy it, the stuff for there. I'm telling you. Well, you wanted a yeah. poncho or you yeah. wanted to
0: cover your feet because it was so muddy inside of there. I lasted for about four or five hours. I couldn't do it. So I actually watched the race, the Kentucky Derby, because there's all these races throughout the day. Mm-hmm. I watched it in a bar. <laughs> That's went all the way to Louisville to see the Kentucky Derby, saw no horses, ended up going to a bar to watch it. And
2: that was my experience with the Kentucky Derby. But the infield itself is an experience.
0: It was. It, it was. Uh, it was not for me. I will say that it was a little wild. I'm sure. If you want to go to YouTube and search, uh, make sure all your safe filters are on, and the kids aren't nearby because wacky things can happen. I think oh, they've yeah. tried to clean it up a little bit. If I'm not mistaken,
1: I don't know if it's worked though. Yeah, I doubt it. Yeah. I, I haven't been to uh, the Kentucky Derby, but I have been to the Indy 500, Ooh. and in the infield there, that's an experience also. I bet it's somewhat similar, it probably right? Probably
0: is. At least you can hear the cars, though, right? You can in there? hear
1: them, and, and you can, if you get closer to the track itself, you can see them. Uh, but if you're in the middle of the infield, yeah, you're going to have a problem seeing the race. <laughs> I didn't realize that Churchill Downs was that big. Oh, yeah. Where if you were in the uh, center of the infield, you wouldn't be able to see the horses.
0: No, you can't see a thing. I mean, imagine, you know, picture Arlington, and obviously we've been talking for the past year about how big that complex is. But even that thing, I mean, when you think about it, it's just... I mean, what? How long is a full lap around? Is it a mile? It's a mile, yeah. Yeah. So, so a football field when you run in high schools, that's a quarter mile all the way around usually. So you got four times the acreage inside of that. It's big. It's huge, and uh, they don't make it a prime time viewing experience, right? That's they want you to buy the nicer seats for that. Yeah. It's just quite an adventure. The 317 says, people take sealed water bottles, cut the bottoms out, put in vodka, soda, and put the bottom back on.
2: Yeah, we tried everything. We tried to you know tried to duplicate the cans of beer with the cans of pop and oh put boy. the pop on the top, but they searched everything. It, mm. was just so, it was so disappointing. Maybe the
0: horse took a little trip into the infield before he hey, went there out. That's go. why he did so well. There you go. Uh, but that texter from the 317 said, that's the Derby, 12 yes. trips. And that's fine. I I just wish it would have been a sunny day, and it would have been nice. That would have changed the whole experience. Yeah, you're probably right. I was not ready for – I mean, I just had gym shoes, and you were slogging through mud the whole day. Anyways, um, that was a fun triple bachelor party wonder how many of those people are still married i'll have to check that out 312 <laughs> uh and uh 20, you want to do a little far, fun forecast here sure right. right. i mean yeah. it's mother's day and i know that we got a theme today so let's kick that music into gear jack there we go
1: Well, thank you, John. Good morning, everyone, and happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. We certainly do wish you well. Today we go to Grafton, West Virginia. Okay. Grafton, West Virginia is in the northern part of the state, population 5,164, and its earliest settlers go back to the 1730s. Uh, Scots and Irish uh, immigrants moving into the area in Grafton. But we mentioned Grafton today because it is the childhood home of a lady named Anna Jarvis. Anna Maria Jarvis. She actually was born in Webster, which is a little ways away from Grafton. But Anna Jarvis is credited with the woman who founded Mother's Day in America. She did this in around 1908 um after she lost her own mother and thought we need to we need to do something here to honor all of the mothers that uh you know have done so much for us uh there and uh, was a member of the uh, methodist episcopal church in um grafton as soon as i can find the uh there it is sorry you're fine andrews methodist episcopal church a building which still stands um, it was uh, the where Mother's Day was first observed uh, during services there. Since spreading, you know, nationwide. By the way, Mother's Day is not unique to the United States. Nope. Mother's Day and for centuries has been honored in various other countries and various other civilizations. But what we know as Mother's Day uh, was begun in uh, around 1908. And uh, this observation was uh, first uh, uh, observed uh, around that time, and then Woodrow Wilson, Mister President uh, mm-hmm. Nerd here, along with me, yep. Woodrow Wilson was the was the president who, a lot ten years later. Uh, said that we need to uh, honor mothers everywhere. It's interesting, too, that uh, Miss Jarvis was disenchanted with the way Mother's Day was commercialized. Oh, really? Uh, as, As she got older, she saw more and more about how it became more of a commercial thing with cards and gifts and so forth well, i still feel like mothers to, certainly you're going to give mothers and grandmothers a gift yeah. and 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 show your gratitude toward them
0: i don't think it's as commercialized as say valentine's day yeah. right i still think it holds yeah. to its truest form i think most people call their moms or maybe you know visit uh you know where their mom's resting place on a day like today and bring flowers i you know I, you got to get a card for mom of course of course now i'm writing that down on my list of things to do today before i get out to the suburbs okay um, but, yeah, okay, so Grafton, West Virginia. is where Grafton, they West
1: off. Virginia, and has uh, cloudy skies, 49 degrees, going up to 64. And, again, Happy Mother's Day to the moms, grandmothers, and great-grandmothers out there.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. And uh, I, I'm just so glad the sun came out today. I know we're going to get clouds later on, perhaps, but it just... I don't know. It hasn't felt much like spring no, <laughs> at all. <laughs> when I was reading the story that it was what we at one point had one out of 43 sunny days. Uh, I know we've broken that stretch a little bit, uh, but boy, it's so nice to look behind me and uh, see the sun shimmering off of Lake Michigan and uh, just a lot of sunshine to start our day today. That's a great way to start it, my friends. All right, that's our far-flung forecast. Tell you what, let's take a break here. 312-981-7200 throughout the entire show today. Uh, feel free to give a shout-out to your mom, uh, whether she's with us or not, of course. 312-981-7200. We'd love to get some texts, some phone calls as well for you to be able to do that. Uh, if she is with us, you can always give her a call, let her know what's going to happen. And uh, we want to hear why your mom was so great, as so many mothers are. A little bit later, we're going to talk with uh, Dr. Kevin. Most. That'll still be a regular segment here at 930 after the news. We'll talk with Dr. Most. A little bit later on in the program, we're going to do a look at uh, entertainment news with my buddy Blake Stubbs, who's also a film critic as well, talking about what's going on in the entertainment world. Also wanted to do a little Best Moms in the TV and the uh, the, the movie world as well. There's some great characters uh, that have been portrayed as mothers uh, throughout TV and movies. We'll get to some of those. Again, some more shout-outs and uh, plenty more coming up. We'll play a little Finish the Headlines, too. All coming up here on WGN. I, 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 I. 720 WGN. A very happy Sunday morning, everybody. Boy, it just felt nice. I opened up the, uh, drapes this morning about 6 a.m. and just to see sunshine. Haven't seen a ton of that this spring, but it's a harbinger of good things to come as I look at the forecast coming up and Dave will have more at the 930 news. But boy, oh boy, starting tomorrow, things really warm up and we get the spring. Well, heck, spring, we're skipping right to summer, it feels like. I think some temperatures near our area are going to be creeping into those 90s, perhaps, uh, certainly the mid-80s. And uh I don't know about humidity levels, but I-, I wouldn't mind a little spring first, right? A little bit more uh 60s and 70s, maybe upper 60s, low 70s, at least for a couple weeks with sunshine before we transition right to the heat. Jack, are you a heat and humidity guy? Are you ready for uh, spring and summer here? Oh, hold on. Let me turn your mic up. Oh, you mind uh, hitting that one? There he is. Go ahead, Jack. Uh, I'm more with you.
3: I like yeah. 60s and 70s. I'm like a sweatshirt and hoodie. Yeah, and like shorts.
0: You like shorts and a hoodie? Yeah. You do the the legs, kind of legs exposed on the bottom. Yeah. But you do the hoodie. Are you a shorts as long as as much as you can kind of guy, Jack? I used to be. Yeah. Now I kind of just it was kind of dumb. I have <laughs> I have a friend who wears shorts as long as he can through the fall until the winter, and then he switch when the first day he switches to pants. It's all pants, but once he puts those shorts on for the first time in the spring or in March or whatever it is, it's shorts the rest of the way through, no Gosh. matter what. He just is committed. He can only either wear shorts or pants, and then once the season flips, he's stuck with it. Yeah,
3: that kind of backfires this year. He's
0: been going back and forth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Schwani wears shorts every day. doesn't matter what, even when he's shoveling snow. I heard that rumor. <laughs> no, Are not- you a hoodie guy? What, what's your favorite? Are you like the, the 60s, 70s guy, or you a more? You want the heat. I want the heat.
1: Okay, a I, I do now. I um, believe me, I made time to go outside yesterday and walk around, and mm-hmm. it was great. Uh, but sixties, uh, seventies is fine. After we've you know go through dreariness and twenties and thirties and worse uh, temperature wise. Uh, so yesterday was great, but yeah, I like eighties, and uh, I have a friend that wears shorts well into November. <laughs> Uh, exactly well we, we why were are guys we were, so
0: weird well, we, I, were I making,
1: think... we were making fun of him he says i'm going to go up until thanksgiving to wear the shorts and he said come february you will uh, be thinking about how nice it was now with things just in the 40s and 50s and he had a point <laughs> <laughs> yes for sure for sure why is it some guys just wear shorts all year round it i've does seen not... i've seen guys wearing shorts in january yeah what oh, is yeah. that
0: about i don't know they're just pants people they're easy <laughs> we all wear them from some, some time or another some guys will just wear the gym shorts to the grocery store even if it's 25 degrees below see it every year i don't think that's good i don't think it's safe that's not good skincare. hey by the way mother's day that is when we're supposed to be able to plant flowers right that's the old rule that gotta wait till mother's don't day plant
1: flowers before mother's day and with this weather we're going to have this week the flowers will thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Temperatures in the 80s, oh, maybe not, wait. maybe a very little rain, but. No, that's no problem. No. Get out and water the flowers. Oh, the yeah. warmth and the sunshine, they will be coming up and uh, bursting out all over, as the song says. Can't wait. And
0: it's not June yet, either. Right. Hey, by the way, we were talking about the Derby, and then you brought up the Indy 500. I'm kind of curious from people, if there's like one sporting event or one big mega event, maybe it's a concert series or like a Coachella or something, something that you haven't done yet, some mass gathering event that you would love to try out sometime in your lifetime, three? 312-981-7200. Is there something you haven't been to that you absolutely need to do before your time on this earth is done? I crossed the World Series off my list in 2016, was lucky to go to some of those games. I don't know. I've done the the Derby. The Indy 500, not at the top of my list, although it would be cool to see. Maybe a Super Bowl. Andy, you ever been to a Super Bowl? Or? Yeah,
2: I was at the uh, the Bears' uh, ill-fated Super Bowl against the Colts. No, okay,
0: yeah.
2: Best thing about I mean. that was the Prince Halftime Show.
0: Yeah, right. Anything on your list, Andy, as a sports guy? You've probably seen a ton of I've seen already. a lot of
2: the sports stuff, yeah. I mean, uh, I wouldn't mind going to like a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction or yeah, something like that. Cool. or you know,
0: Shawana, you've seen it all. Anything you uh, else out there
1: for you? Actually, some national parks I want to do. Of course. That makes sense. Uh, that's A tracks. couple of them out west. Uh, there's one in Nevada called Great Basin Ooh. National Park that is truly in the middle of nowhere. And it is also designated an, a dark sky park, meaning that on clear nights... Things are so dark out there that you have to see the stars and uh, everything to to believe what you see out there. It's just spectacular. So when I said mass gathering event, that. you wanted to bring the stars along with the, that you. Too, there you right. go. That's pretty And also, there's another uh, park in Arizona, uh, excuse me, New Mexico, uh, White Sands National Park. I want to see. Looks, uh, yeah, I mean, you've
0: traveled so much. Three one two ninety one seventy two hundred. If you got something on the list, we'll have Doctor Kevin Most on and continue our great conversations. Uh, John Hanson and for Dean Richards. Time for the news. Though now on WGN. John Hanson in for Dean Richards till 1 o'clock this afternoon. Happy Sunday. Happy Mother's Day, everybody. Uh, We got a couple threads going on. We were talking about wearing shorts all year round. The 773 says, I wear cargo shorts 365 days a year. My only limit is below zero. I've been known to be called PAAO. Pants are always optional. Okay, and then we were also asking people where uh, they want to go. They haven't been yet. 847 says Alcatraz. I've been there. I went on a night tour. It was uh, really cool stuff. All right, let's pivot over to Dr. Kevin Most. He's the chief medical officer at Northwestern Central DuPage Hospital. Dr. Most, thanks for hopping on with us here today. John, good morning. How are you doing? It's always great to chat with you. You can either offer the place you still want to go in the world that you haven't been, or you can comment on someone wearing shorts 365 days a year as a medical professional. Your choice, doctor.
4: Well, you know, the Shorts 365, that individual needs to see a psychiatrist or a a dermatologist for their frostbite. Uh, That's kind of ridiculous at some times here in Chicago. I know. We see it, though, right? I get it if you're just,
0: like, running into the grocery store. Maybe you were at the gym, right, and you're like, whatever, it's two seconds, and I'm more stubborn. But I know people that are just like, I'm not wearing pants. Anyways, we, uh, there's no great transition from that, Doctor Most. Let's talk about <laughs> last week. You were talking with Dean about the correspondence dinner, and boy, everyone in there was vaccinated, a proof of a negative test. I think they were all boosted too. But of course, we've got COVID. I don't want to call it an outbreak, but certainly some cases stemming from there. Which I, you know, I imagine nowadays is even if you do all the right things, right? It's still a contagious uh, uh,
4: virus. It is, John. And it was so funny. I don't know if you were listening last week, but Dean and I talked about, hey, this is the right way that they did it. Look how they did this. They tested everybody. And here, you know, a week later, we're talking about, you know, 25 cases coming out of that dinner. So like you said, we still have to understand that this is still very contagious. and can be contagious even when you test negative. And we know that you can still get this illness, even though you're fully vaccinated and boosted. Chance of you getting hospitalized or having a severe illness is very low, but you can still get this.
0: I've uh, just anecdotally, a couple of my friends that you know never had it have popped up with cases, and they've been okay. They've I maybe mean, had those minor symptoms, um, and you know that's anecdotal. But I think the numbers are
4: starting to bear it out a little bit. This thing is this BA two is is going around. It really is, you know. And, and last uh, last week when we talked, um, downtown was still in a a low risk. Now they've been moved up to medium. So not only Kane, DuPage, Lake County, Suburban Cook, but also downtown is now the transmission rate has been moved up to medium. So we know that this is spreading more. We're starting to see a slight increase in hospitalizations. I know the DuPage County Health Department is on top of this and looking at it. A little concerning, nowhere near the numbers that we have seen in the past, but we are seeing an increase in hospitalizations.
0: Do you think hospitalizations will be the metric used for the determinations if there needs to be, I don't even want to say it again, uh, putting on masks again, stuff like that? I mean, it's going to be data-based, and it's going to be, I assume, the
4: hospital number, right? Yeah, it certainly is. That's going to be our barometer going forward for many reasons. One is the at-home testing, we really won't have a good, accurate number of who's testing positive, but certainly, we need to look at what stress is being put in, uh, put on at the hospital, and I can tell you one of the things we look at is not only hospitalizations, but how much of our staff has now tested positive and needs to be off work for a week. That is one of the things that people don't understand. stresses the healthcare systems uh, almost as much as uh, you know inpatient admissions.
0: yeah, I mean, I know the weather is warming up, hopefully that can combat things a little bit. I know it's not the silver bullet, but certainly
4: warmer weather helps. Oh, 100 percent. You know, we had mothers. We celebrated Mother's Day yesterday with my mom and we you know, we were outside in the backyard. And you know what, John? Shame on us for two things. One, not saying happy Mother's Day to all the mothers. True. And probably more importantly, this is the start of Nurses Week. So thank you to all the nurses out there. And I guess a double thank you to any of the nurses who are working today on Mother's Day.
0: Oh, yeah. And there's plenty of them. They don't get those yep. uh, days off. Uh, 608 says, greetings, Dr. Most. Many thanks. I'm 69 years old. I'd like to get the fourth shot. After my Moderna booster, I had a severe headache. I actually went to the ER. Is it advisable to take Tylenol or Advil after the shot or that that maybe it can dampen
4: the impact or the pain you might get from the vaccine? No, 100%. Take Tylenol. You can take Advil. You know anything to treat those symptoms. You have to remember that those symptoms are your body's reaction to the vaccine. So it's it's good that people get the reaction, but certainly you want to temper that down as much as possible. So absolutely, take go ahead and take uh, Tylenol, take Motrin, push fluids and rest. Um, but certainly, everyone should know that those side effects although they might be a little uncomfortable, only going to last 24 to 48 hours, but still are going to give you great protection.
0: A lot of questions coming in the 630. Does the doctor know the likelihood of having long COVID symptoms if you're vaccinated and boosted? I guess what they're asking is, is do you have to have a severe illness to get any long-term COVID symptoms? I know you have some stats about what we're seeing with that.
4: Yeah, so, I mean, when we look at long COVID, certainly we're looking at individuals who have been hospitalized. And, you know, those now that data really is starting to come out as we start to have more and more data on a longer and longer period. But we look at, you know, 75% of people who have been hospitalized for COVID six months later still are having some symptoms. So the individual, the question that they asked is, can you get long COVID? Um, from an ambulatory illness, you certainly can. Is it decreased if you've been vaccinated? 100%. So you're, if you want to minimize your chances of long COVID, one, stay as healthy as you can, and two, make sure you're vaccinated. But unfortunately, we're really starting to see this data come out that individuals who are hospitalized are going to have symptoms for quite some time.
0: 217 wants to know, thank you so much, first of all, for answering the COVID questions. They're 68, they're vaxxed, they're boosted, they got COVID last Tuesday, they're taking Paxlovid, they're feeling better. When is that second booster going to be uh, an option for them since they have COVID right now?
4: Yeah. So really, the second booster for them is going to be in a couple of weeks once their symptoms are gone. The other thing that they need to understand, too, is the medication they're taking, Paxlovid, which is from Pfizer, is a great medication. But understand that we have seen some what we call rebound cases. So they'll feel great after to take the medication, and then maybe a week later, they may get symptoms again something that we know is out there we're trying to figure out why and whether we need to treat longer that doesn't appear to be the reason but if you're looking for okay i have it now when can i get vaccinated i would go three four weeks the beauty of what you what's gone on with you right now as long as they're mild symptoms is now you have natural immunity as well coupled with your vaccination so you are in a really good place
0: all right let's go to the phone lines hey janice you're on wgn good uh, good morning hi good morning to you
5: um, yes, uh, I was just wondering, I, my husband and I recently um, uh, got affected with COVID, um, and we both were vaccinated, boosted, and he didn't get much of an issue with it. He His was like a bad cold. Mm-hmm. Um, mine came on, I felt like I got hit by a truck, oh. um, just fever, chills, body aches, everything, you name it, and I'm still suffering with it. I mean, it's been over a week, and I still test positive. Um, I am on the Paxlovid, and I went on a low dose steroid. And um, just yeah, I'm just I just was listening to what you were saying about the Paxlovid and possibly you know having a because I'm going off it after today. I'm done.
6: Mm-hmm.
5: Um, anyway, I'm just wondering when I am going to be able to not test positive anymore right. so and feel better. I
0: had a friend same thing <laughs> tested positive for days and days and days, and then finally it went away. Doctor Most, any insight?
4: Yeah, Janice, unfortunately, you can test positive. Certainly, once your symptoms are gone, you, you would no longer be contagious. We're not worried about that. So if your coughing is gone and that, don't worry about it. But people okay. can test positive for weeks, unfortunately, afterwards. Um, probably the biggest thing for you is you're doing all the right things. You're taking the Paxlovid. Low-dose mm-hmm. uh, steroids have been used to help some of that inflammation. Certainly mm-hmm. Advil, Tylenol, and lots of fluids and rest. Um, mm-hmm. and I hope that your husband's making you a nice dinner because, one, yeah. he got out easy, and two, it's Mother's Day. Yeah, Janice. Wait.
5: Yeah, I'm isolating on Mother's Day. That's not much fun,
0: but at least it's nice out. You should still make you a nice dinner though, okay? Open the windows you can deliver. Okay, there you go. Thanks, Janice. Appreciate the phone call, okay? Okay, thank you. Doctor Moss is gonna put you on hold. We've got a couple more questions coming up. I also do want to talk about TIA's and strokes a little bit before we wrap things up with Doctor Moss coming up next on W G N. Dr. Kevin Most continuing our conversation. And Dr. Most, I do want to get to TIAs and strokes before we leave, but we have one other question I want to take. We're getting a lot on the text line. Let's go to Dan. Hey, Dan, you're on WGN. Good morning. Hi, good morning,
7: everybody. Dr. Most, here's my question. For my first two vaccinations and for my first booster, I got Pfizer. I'm getting ready to sign up and register to get my second booster. And my question is, I, should I get Moderna or should I get Pfizer? I'm hearing both sides on the issue that you should switch up and get Moderna or you should stay with Pfizer. And I just also want to add that I'm
4: a senior citizen with two underlying medical conditions. And I'm wondering what you advise. Go ahead, Dr. Most. Yeah, so, Dan, two things. One, if you've done well with, with the, your Pfizer and you have had minimal side effects, I'd say go ahead and get Pfizer. If you still have done well, but you really want to make sure you're covered, I am in the camp of, of the um, the mixing, so that you make sure that you have one of each of them. It gives you a broader base coverage, and uh, that's my thought. Now, some people are going to say continue to match. I am in the camp of mix. I have mixed. Um, someone who has underlying health, I want to make sure that I have a better, broader uh, coverage. So if I can gain one, two percentage points, I'm going to take that by mixing. Okay. So you so really saying, can't go, go wrong. To, I mean, right. Moderna. Yeah. Okay. You can't, you can't go wrong with either one, but if you want to get a point, point and a half higher, then I would say go to Moderna.
0: Okay. And I know there's disagreement on that. Everyone has a different opinion. That's oh, yeah. it's, it's always annoying when doctors disagree on things, but it's, it's in the, in the grand scheme, you all agree on the main point. It's just a little nugget here. I Nuance, yeah. All right. Thanks, Dan. We appreciate the phone call. Okay. Thanks, guys. Thanks for the help. Bye right. now. Yeah, of course. All right, Dr. Moss. I got to talk about this because in March, my family had quite a scare. My father, who still works as a fire chief, was uh, chatting with paramedics. And one of the paramedics came up to him and said, hey, chief, you're having a stroke. And uh, he was rushed to a hospital and all is well. He had about the luckiest situation that you can, and we are so blessed. Incredible healthcare workers were able to get the uh, clot breaker into him, and uh, no further surgery was needed. And he was at home 48 hours later. And Dr. Most, I only share that because I know that we were a lucky family in the right circumstances. Not everyone's the ca- it works out that way, but time is everything.
4: It really is. Thank you, Dad, for his service. And fortunately, he he had a professional looking at him, seeing this as it happened. Yes. So one of the things we look at for strokes is when was the last time you were felt to be normal? So they knew his window was very small. And the opportunity to get in and give that clot-busting drug TPA gets rid of that clot, gets the blood flow back, and boy, we have a great outcome. So people really need to understand if you have signs of a stroke and know what to look for, the sooner, the quicker you get in is most important. Don't put grandma to bed saying, oh, let's see if that weakness or that slurred speech is better tomorrow. No, get them in the hospital right away.
0: Now, TIAs. I know we heard this with Haley Bieber, 25 years old. Uh, Wife of Justin Bieber had a TIA. Can you explain what that is?
4: Yeah, exactly. So TIAs are what people would think of as called mini strokes. And what happens for most TIAs is a very small clot goes up to the brain, and the body has a way to kind of make sure that the blood the blood still gets to that portion of the brain. So the symptoms only last for anywhere from an hour to 24 hours. So in other words, you think you're having a stroke, you go in, and by the time you get to the hospital, the symptoms have resolved. That's a TIA, or they resolve after a short period of time with minimal intervention. That being said, people who have had TIAs have to understand that the chance of them having a stroke goes up dramatically. So this is kind of like a forewarning. And making sure you get in to see your doctor to talk about whether it's blood uh, blood clotting drugs like aspirin or Lovinox or, you know, one of those. So certainly something that you should discuss with your doctor, because people who have had a TIA, again, a mini stroke that goes away in a short period of time, the chance of them getting a stroke definitely increases within the next 6 months.
0: I will have my dad on a future show to talk about his experience and one of the things he will share is he did have TIAs and is even though he's in this profession, men can be stubborn. Anyone can be stubborn, but especially men can be stubborn and it wasn't looked into as properly as it was. My dad is lucky with what happened. If you have a TIA, talk to someone, go to the hospital, get that taken care of and talk to your doctor. Yeah.
4: Absolutely, 100. percent And you know what? In him, in the role that he is, where he is often, he and his paramedics are going to homes and seeing those initial instances. They're the ones actually that are the front line, and we thank them because they take everything seriously. And even if someone says, "Oh no, it's just a little slurred speech," they're saying, "I'm sorry, you come to the hospital. We've seen enough of these, so yep. can't thank our paramedics and firefighters for that front line work to get these individuals in." Even if they are stubborn male. <laughs> For sure.
0: Dr. Kevin Most, Chief Medical Officer at Northwestern Central DuPage Hospital. Always good to talk to you, my friend.
4: John, you take care. We'll talk soon. Yeah, take care. All
0: right, we're going to take a break. Then we got the news from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom. Uh, and then I need to talk to you people who keep on texting in that you never wear pants. I, I have to. Someone call in, please, and explain yourself. 312-981-7200. If you don't wear pants, call in. After this on WGN. We Oh, Andy Mazer singing along to this one. This was that, uh, that great commercial in the 70s. Oh, okay. Well, it's from a song by the Royal Teens back in 1957, hit number three. I was going to say bust out your shorts, but some of you already have long ago. I don't know how we got on this topic, but I'm just fascinated by, and it's only men, I assume, only men could be this dumb to wear shorts <laughs> year-round. Year round, no matter what. We've got a lot of texts on this. I'd love a call if you're one of these people. 312 981 7200. Let me rephrase that. That sounded very judgmental. It was slightly meant to be that way, but call in and just <laughs> explain yourself a little bit. Is it laziness? Is it you just feel better or you actually like the, like, I will admit when I go to the gym in the morning, Unless it's like 32 or below, I'll just wear the shorts because I don't want it to like wear the pants, change the pants or whatever. I'm just going into the car and out to the gym. I'm not really talking about you people or people like me. I'm talking about people that like will go to work or will walk places extended periods of time out in the cold weather. In shorts. And here are some of the temperatures we've had. This comes from Tim. And this is, he says, regardless of temperature, the rules I live by as far as shorts go, which I just love. I hope he chiseled away that like Moses on the Ten Commandments. These are my short rules. And his short rule is on March 15th, regardless of weather, shorts go on. And then they come off, regardless of weather, November 1st. And he wears pants November 1st to March 15th. Okay. Uh, He says, I know there's no logical reason to it, but for some reason, that's how I jam. Like, do you have a calendar reminder set up on your phone that day? Like, (laughs) do you just remember the Ides of March? Better wear shorts. I don't know if that was predicted by Augustus
1: or anything like that, but yeah. I Uh, tried on uh, some shorts uh, yesterday just to see how they would fit.
0: Were they from the past you were trying to see? if Yeah,
1: from last year, a couple of years ago. Did they fit? No. Oh. They were a little big hey
0: how Dave that? <laughs> that's one of the best feelings out there so, my friend
1: i it looks like i may be buying a, a little bit of a new summer award
0: yeah.
1: here in go. the near future
0: how short are your shorts dave you know let's not go oh down, not right? no no
1: no, no. <laughs> down I, to the knees short, it, contrary shorts. to the song there i don't wear short shorts
0: <laughs> No, you know it's very in style now, uh, Dave. To have like a five inch inseam, which is like <laughs> oh, I know three inches above the knee. So. Well, if uh. I was,
1: you know, if I was fifteen instead of sixty five, maybe, but no, okay. no, okay. What about what, like the cargo your... shorts though? Those are those are good. Yeah, that's and, a very. And not only that, if you're if I'm if I'm doing some hiking or I'm out, you know, doing some things where I want to carry. Camera gear or that sort of thing; mm-hmm. those those extra pockets, the, what they call media pockets, and the uh, other larger pockets in the cargo shorts work well. Dave Schwann, I've known you for about six or seven years, I'd say, right? Ever since, oh, since I started filling in here,
0: yeah, longer than that, I think. Yeah, you in cargo shorts is exactly how I picture you on a hiking adventure. <laughs> Just like there the image I have in mind. Yes. Maybe that's pictures. why I've seen yeah, you, and I feel like they're they're packed with your yeah, maybe, a, maybe a granola bar in one of them, and your, and your pass to the park, maybe a map, a guide, perhaps. Yep, and yep.
2: beef jerky. Yep,
0: yep. <laughs> you, you got it. Bears got rustling it. around looking. He's like, ooh, I smell something. Oh, it's just Schwani's cargo shorts. Um, 847 says, about shorts all year. Is every shorty, by the way, they call him a shorty, which I like they've termed this, is every shorty? Just a uh uh an emigrant from Minnesota? Yeah, maybe. Maybe the folks in Minnesota, they come here, they say, oh, this ain't so bad. Just wear shorts all year round. Um, 773 chimed in with wearing shorts in cold weather is helping your knees to develop arthritis. That exposes your knee joint to the cold and exposing any part of your skin, joints, etc. to cold weather conditions is just plain stupid. It's the stupidest fashion trend I see now that men are doing. On behalf of all men, you're right, and it is silly, <laughs> but it's only men, I think, that do this. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there's some science to it. You can go to the Joint Relief Institute if that's happening to you, but, um, I, I just, I just find the whole thing fascinating. Uh, regarding, a Derby Tech talking that we had earlier, mm-hmm. Andy, I did watch, by the way, uh, during the news break, uh, the overhead view. That that's you amazing. It's insane. The 708 says, Derby Booze Smuggling Tip, which we shouldn't be giving these out. Yeah, good point. And I know that they, I think they've changed a lot of the rules anyways, so I don't think this would work anyways. But this is just, the lengths people will go. (laughs) This person brought in a five-gallon contractor water jug of lemonade. Under the ice, they had Ziploc bags of vodka. That is Ah. such. And they said it worked every year, and the security actually took samples. I guess they test maybe if you bring a jug in. I shouldn't have even been reading that stuff. Don't do that, people. Follow the rules, et cetera, et cetera. Be safe. I'm going to get some angry texts about that. 312-981-7200. says, John, women wear dresses and skirts all year long. When I was a kid in school, girls were not allowed to wear pants until eighth grade. Uh, exactly. So there you go. When women's liberation, they said, seeped into my rural Ohio town. My mother's talked about that, too, about how, yeah, we had to wear dresses in the cold but they would wear like sweatpants underneath it sometimes Mm -hmm. on their walk to school
1: when i was in middle school Mm -hmm. and going into my freshman year in high school we still had an enforced dress code in the uh school system and uh, you couldn't wear jeans men or women uh couldn't wear tennis shoes and the girls had to wear dresses yeah and there was a real push Among uh, the ladies that I knew in my class and in others, you know, circulating a petition uh, to to have that changed and eventually... Well, I I, I do remember by the time I was a senior in high school, uh, that had changed and uh, they could wear, uh, you could wear jeans to school. Was this public or private? Public school. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I'm always amazed by that. My mom
0: told me she went to, they grew up in Norwich. Ridgewood High School, I believe, is where they went. My mom said the same thing. Is that, yeah, we were wearing dresses while they were there. No matter
1: how cold it was outside when you were waiting for the bus, still had to wear the dress. Oh, that's stupid.
0: <laughs> Sometimes I look back at old things, and I'm like, oh, come on, people. How did that, how did that realization have to wait till the late sixties, early seventies? Anyways, uh, the 847 says, I also wear shorts 365. Um, they say that he, <laughs> this is amazing. He buys long pants and then he has them custom made to a 17 inch seam, which my guess is like that's below the knee. Yeah, it's around shin level probably. Yes. Think, yeah. yeah. And then they say in the winter, I also have flannel 17-inch shorts. The 17 inches is so that when we're on our motorcycle, I can hug my knees to the gas thing, in, and that way the wind does not go up your shorts. Oh, okay. Apparently that would be a problem on a motorcycle. Never ridden one, wouldn't know. But 17 inches apparently is great for motorcycle riding. Uh,
2: interesting stuff. Yeah, I think 60 degrees is about my cutoff.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I'll, fifty. I'm fine. Fifty five, maybe. If it's sunny and it's going to warm yeah, up a little bit, like if I'm going to the bleachers, let's say, and it's sixty, yeah, about sixty. I'd, See, I'd, I'd probably like, wear shorts. I
2: like the look of the shorts and a sweatshirt. Yeah, that's one of my favorite uh, uniforms. That's what Jack and I were
0: talking yeah. about too. He's all about that as well, right, yeah. Jack? Yeah, exactly.
6: Yeah, top tier.
0: But that makes no sense. <laughs> like I know it makes no sense. Like it's well, it's it keeps cold you warm somewhere, right? But it's cold. <laughs> <laughs> but if it's cold enough to wear a hoodie, why are you not wearing pants? And I do this, too. I do not get it. I think this is ultimately just a zoom-out lens. Why are men so dumb with some of these
2: things? <laughs> because we can be? I guess. Exactly. I mm-hmm. don't
0: know. Anyways, uh, a seven said, graduated from Loyola University in 1968. We could not wear slacks or jeans to school. Hmm. Blows my mind. Uh, and I know a lot of you, a lot of you are rolling your eyes, probably like John. Yes, this was the world that I grew up in. Yes, it was. Uh, it wasn't <laughs> the world I grew up in. So it's always fascinating to learn about it. Well,
1: I had to explain what a party line was to you once. Well, I, still, I the, the memory retention
0: didn't hold because I don't remember,
1: Dave. <laughs> Remind me again? Oh, okay. Well, again, different subject, but uh, you're talking about the world in which you grew up. We were on, you were covering for someone once, and uh, we got on the subject of cell phones and that sort of thing. And I, I was explaining that when I was a kid, a little kid at our house, we had a party line where if you picked up the phone and someone else was talking, they shared that phone line with you. And you either had to wait until they were done, or if it was an emergency, you would say, hey, I need to get through to an operator or the police right now. Please hang up. But you shared that uh, line with you because it was cheaper. Wait, wait, like with neighbors and stuff, or just some it, random person? It would have been a random person, yes. You, just, you So you had the same phone number, two of you? no same a different individual phone numbers but the line okay. of the the phone system itself was shared so you'd pick up could you hear that person's conversation you could hear that conversation
0: oh so you had to but it was someone you didn't, it was a stranger. It you could didn't
1: be, a, yeah. It wasn't necessarily a neighbor. It could be anybody in the area, a local person. Right. But, uh, did you get to know that person? Did you ever find out who I that never, person no, was? No, no, no. I'd have I, to
0: know. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, did. hi, lady. I've been listening to your conversation for 20 minutes. Where do you, who are you? <laughs> Where do you live? <laughs> Where do you live? What's your social security number? <laughs> yeah, imagine scammers now with party lines. Oh, my goodness. was so oh, how about them. that? See when you said party line, I thought maybe it would be you were sharing the line with another party. No, oh, I thought it'd be like you, you know. pick if you were bored at home alone as a kid, you could call and in, in some it would ring somewhere where there was a party happening. No, and you could feel like you were socializing with <laughs> you people. You were
1: sharing the line with another party, a second or third party, as they say, mm-hmm. person or or family. And uh, I don't know. I was I don't know sixth grade or something. Uh, my father finally said, "Well." yeah I think we 'll get a we 're getting a little tired of this there 's more and more what and then they call them private lines. If you had a ah. private line, you paid a little bit more for your monthly phone bill mm, interesting but I will tell you this, probably not anywhere near as much as you pay for your monthly cell phone bill these days oh
0: yeah, for sure. I was amazed that uh yeah when we were kids, the internet came around when I was like in high school or something, and we shared a line with the internet. And you'd pick up the phone, and if your brother was on the Internet, it would be making a really strange, like, a modem noise. Oh, the modem noise, noise. yeah. Yeah. Right, and if I just wanted to call my friend, I would just hit as many buttons as I could in a row to kick him off the Internet because it would mess up the Internet signal. Whoa. The world
1: in which I grew up, Internet did not exist. I, I know. I, it wasn't around when I was a, ki- if a you'd young, young, young internet, kid. If you said internet, I would have thought maybe a safety net or a fishing yep. net or something, you know, but internet. Different world.
0: Uh, we're getting some interesting texts and calls on this myriad of subjects that we're on. I listen to Dean. This is kind of what the show is. This what we do. All right, yes. good. Just making sure I wasn't off the format at all.
1: <laughs> this John, is what
0: we do. John, it's Hanson We can
1: start say. in with the CB radio thing again. This we time. call oh. this Sunday.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Man, this is fun. All right. More uh, John in for Dean on WGN after this. My dear, my dear. 720 WGN. Hey, everybody. It's John Hansen in for Dean Richards till 1 o'clock this afternoon. 312 981 7200. I've had some calls, people saying, I remember party lines, and the text line is lighting up. Uh, David, everyone's on your side. They say watch old black and white TV shows like Andy Griffith. We had a few texts about this. Uh, you'll see how the operator connected calls on a party line. And I did watch Andy Griffith, and I just, I just, that salient detail just didn't stick with me. I've seen shows where people like pick up the phone and they say, Operator, connect me to, I don't know why they have a British accent, but connect me to so and so. But that's not what a party line was, right? No. Party line, you'd get the
1: dial tone. You you wouldn't even get the dial tone. If somebody was on the line. Right. You heard that conversation. But if if someone
0: wasn't, you'd get the dial tone. You would get the dial tone. And you'd be able to dial yourself. That's
1: right. And then if they, if they in turn, Wanted to use the phone and you were on it already. They would have to wait for you. Okay, we uh, five seven four texting in
0: says we had four other families on our party line. Boy, that is a party. See, See there? Did yeah. the people ever have parties on party lines? If like, they got along, <laughs> hey, all neighbors, six o'clock. We don't want to be. That would have been really great likely, during COVID
1: times. It's quite likely that they, they, you know, you didn't care for the other party that was on the line because they were interrupting. <laughs> your priority to make a phone call you, you know
0: this was the precursor to zoom though we all realize this right
1: <laughs> the party
0: line could have done this uh, in COVID 19 so 574 says we had four other families on our party line but they were all our neighbors one family had a grandma that would call and just talk and forever talk, and talk and talk yes and once in a while the phone might ring in all the houses on the line at once and i'm curious about that too the 630 says Party lines and maybe it was different where you were party lines had a special ring two shorts or a long and a or a, or a short and a long so you knew the call was for your house or not our that house, I don't remember yeah huh.
1: that I don't remember our house in Wisconsin had one to the 70s. Okay. Yeah, that I don't remember. I I remember a consistent ring, you know, Mm -hmm. but it was a bell. It was a real bell in the phone that uh, that rang. See how far back I'm going? (laughs) And all of these people that are texting in, all of our listeners probably will identify with this, that more than likely the phones were all black with a big heavy receiver that you picked up Mm-hmm. with a four foot cord on it if you were fortunate uh the phones were heavy devices and a guy from the phone company came in to put it in your house right right it was something that was installed yes
0: and so i, I think always people get confused about how old i am they think that i'm either super young or not but i i did have we did have a phone with the rotary at first so oh, yeah. i'm not I'm not too young oh, you that I don't you remember that. One yes. Of those. Okay. So that's kinda where I am. I, Rotary, no internet when I was born, but no party lines. Although one five says when I went to ISU in nineteen eighty five and lived in the dorms, we had a four room party line. Now that could turn into a real party <laughs> no. in the dorms. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go to the phone lines and John. Hey John, you're on W G N. Whoa. What you know? Your car- can- you're on the party line.
7: Yeah, of course I am. Yeah. Um when I grew up. Our party line had five people on it, and they're all neighbors. And our ring was one long one, then two short ones. Then we knew that my house could pick that up.
0: But would that ring, so then that ring would happen in other homes as well?
7: Right. And so sometimes we'd ring, we hear two shorts or three short rings. And we all can't get that. That's for the St. George's house or the Jones's house or whatever it was. And so we couldn't get that. But we did have the big... Heavy black receiver, like you said. That sometimes in the old movies they picked that up, they knock somebody out with it because it was so heavy.
0: Right, um, John. I want you to be—I um, I want you to be perfectly honest with me. It's okay. The statute of limitations is off on this. Did you ever sure, sure. eavesdrop? Did any kids ever eavesdrop? I can imagine kids just wanting to listen in for whatever reason.
7: Well, I'm sure my brother did, but not you. Well, no, <laughs> not not too much. Like, I know that we
0: shouldn't. I'm sure that that was like a, a a faux pas of the day. Don't do that. But I'm, I, mean, I would never feel comfortable yeah, seeing too many intimate details on a phone call then.
7: Yeah, well, you couldn't breathe too loud if they'd hear you. You can hear it when somebody picks up the receiver. Oh, true. The the click. So yeah, that's
0: right. That's right. They're
7: clicking. The clicking on that. But, you know, my mom still has a rotary dial on her phone.
0: Oh, good. I saw a video it's once, on video once. Yeah, I saw a video once, John, of I think it was Gen Z trying to figure out how rotary phones work, and they couldn't do it.
7: Oh yeah. I put
0: one in my basement when I built my house. I like it. It's a good look to it. Hey John, thanks for the phone call. I appreciate it. Roger that. Yeah, all right. Eight one five says, Is a party line like a group chat? Kind of. I don't think I think you were talking to outside people outside of the party, but yeah,
2: it was the early days of the group chat. Yeah, I remember the big thing for me when I was growing up was we got rid of the rotary dial, but we also had call waiting. Oh
0: yes, I yes, yes. That was a big and deal.
2: You could do a conference call. You could, you mm-hmm. know, you know, without the double line. You could have the you know, had one number. The, our number changed when we got call waiting, mm-hmm. and then you could click the hook and then it would you could do the, do, 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 and you could dial the next number and then party and patch everybody together, oh, yeah, and you
0: know what I used to do, Andy, with call waiting when we got that if you wanted to talk to someone, you wanted someone to call you, but you didn't want the the phone to ring through the whole house, yeah, there were like numbers you could call like what the time is, right, and we would say all right i'm going to call this number at eleven o'clock at night, and then when you call me i 'll be on the phone already, so it won't ring through the house. But then I'll switch on over. Uh-huh. My parents are listening right now, and they're just realizing. Budget limitations. Yeah, that's that's how we used to talk to people <laughs> when we weren't supposed to talk to late at night, really quickly before the news. Let's get to Leslie. Hey, Leslie, how you doing?
5: I'm I'm fair to Midland.
0: Oh, okay, there we. We'll take that. What you used to install phone lines?
5: Yes, I was one of the first uh, first two uh, female installers uh, in the Chicagoland area.
1: Oh, hey, that's cool.
5: Yeah, and um. Uh, basically I, I started in like 1981 or two and I was installing phone jacks on the wall, you know, uh, before anybody else.
0: Yeah. And, and is Dave Schwann right where they were the heavy black phones?
5: Uh, well, yeah, pretty much. I mean, that's the one that my parents had, <laughs> you know, that when, when they, when my mom moved out of the house i, I don 't need that phone you know, that 's got to be part of my you know heritage
0: it 's a load bearing phone all right Leslie. Thanks for the phone call that 's amazing one of the first two female phone operators, or installers, I should say, in the area. That's great. All right, tell you what, uh, we don't know where we're going in these conversations. I have more things I want to talk about. We will talk about entertainment news in the 11 o'clock hour, more Mother's Day shout-outs. Get those in, 312-981-7200. We'll get to a lot more. I don't know. Maybe we'll go back to short shorts. Who knows? It's a grab bag on WGN this morning, and time for the news. Uh, John Hansen on this Sunday morning. And I'm getting Andy Mazer to sing along here. Oh,
2: Tommy Two Tone.
0: Oh yeah. Uh, we've been talking about party lines and uh, the existence of them. When does the phone number come in on this song? A little bit. I'm trying to hit the phone number uh, yeah. post here.
2: 0-8-6-7-5-3-0-9.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, spoiler alert, uh, Andy. Oh, so sorry. <laughs> I'm learning all about party lines that used to exist and uh, what they were, uh, which I didn't know anything about. And we're getting a lot of texts about it, 312-981-7200. Also, we're doing Mother's Day shout-outs, and we've got Rita calling in. Hey, Rita, how are you doing today?
8: I'm good, thanks for letting me do a shout-out.
0: Absolutely, go ahead.
8: I'd like to wish my six sisters a happy Mother's Day. They are amazing women, and my mother, who is no longer with us, was blessed with 12 children. So, um, happy Mother's Day to all of you.
0: Well... Uh, that's a very heartfelt message, and to your mother, sorry she's no longer with us, but my goodness, twelve children, so seven girls, five boys,
8: yep, yep, holy cow, never a dull moment. You're talking about party lines and telephones. Uh-huh. oh my goodness, when I think back of the day that the phone hung in the hallway. In the house, and we had to share it. And you drag the the cord so you can have a little privacy, and shut the bathroom door. You know, (laughs) it was just a crazy time. It was a wonderful time, though, growing up in a large family.
0: Oh my goodness! So fourteen people in the house. That's. That's impressive, uh, Rita, and uh, your mother did a l- <laughs> Boy, if anyone deserves a happy Mother's Day, it's uh, someone who raised 12 kids. It doesn't matter how many kids you have, of course. Uh, mom's a mom, no matter what, but my right. goodness, Rita. Well, thank you for that phone call. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. All right. if you've got someone you want to shout out to as well. This from the 847. We had a party line when I was a kid. I remember my parents discussing giving a private line. It was a big deal because as you said, Swanny, a private line costs more. The 847 says in terms of crafty things you did with your phone. When I was in college, I would call home and reverse the charges, like a collect call. Then they would not accept the call, but call me back. And it was cheaper. So no, what? You did that too? I, yes. We would do that at high school if we wanted to get picked up after like after school right, activities. Right. I'd call on the pay phone at school. See, I'm not I'm not that young. And when it said <laughs> who's calling, leave a leave your name, I'd be like, "Mom, we're done with practice, come pick us up." And then they'd show up,
1: you know, 10 minutes later. Yeah, I had a I I knew a guy that would just say, "Pick up." <laughs> Exactly. Or or if things were going longer, you know, if you had uh, longer events going on, mm-hmm. longer rehearsal for something you were doing, or a game went into overtime and right. you want to hang out with your friends, uh-huh. uh, he would just go, not going to be home. <laughs> that was it. Did he have a second career as an auctioneer? Because it feels like the, an auctioneer can get
0: a ton of information on in one of those. Well, let me ask
1: you this. Okay. Did, you, did you ever get a collect call in your life? Get one, I'm sure I have as a kid. Where, where right? an operator would be there, collect from so and so, will you accept the charges? I'm sure I.
0: No, it was probably an automated one, right? Like, you have a call from.
1: Well, again, your age group, it would have been automated. Yeah, you no, I a never had a call from. No. Eh, 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 eh. No. But no, this was a live person that was there. Wow. You talked with an operator, you gave them the number and uh, that your number was in turn billed if you accepted the charges. Okay.
2: You know, the big thing, too, when, when I was in college, was starting was those calling cards. You know, you do 10-10-822. Oh, yeah. like oh,
0: yeah. And then, oh. You would
2: end, then you would dial the number, and it was supposedly a, you know, a long-distance card that made it cheaper. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Ten ten three two one yeah, 321 stuff, stuff like that. that. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I
1: had a calling card my first Route 66 trip. Uh-huh. Back in the early 90s, uh-huh. having a great time calling everybody saying, hey, I'm in Flagstaff, Arizona, or I'm, you know, in the middle of Oklahoma. And then I got the bill. <laughs> <laughs> really? Even with the card? It was supposed to, isn't that supposed to pay, prepay well, yeah, or something? Cheaper, yeah. it, was,
0: it was an AT&T card. Oh, it wasn't okay. one
1: of those 10-10 whatever they were right yeah. were you
0: calling random people or uh, no no okay. calling friends. people you know calling okay. friends yeah i don't know if yeah. you were just throwing eight six seven five three oh nine in the phone line See what happened. no no <laughs> no two one seven says i'm in junior high we got three-way calling now we were talking about that oh, yeah. we used to see how many people we could get on the call using three-way calling you're right andy because you could like call someone else call someone someone and keep on doing it yeah. see what would happen and then, like the, the the sound would get worse and worse quality as yeah. you kept on splitting that line uh, seven hundred eight said not only did we have a party line, but our neighbor did not have a phone, so that when their family needed to call them, they would call our house, and me or my brother would run next door and get the neighbor hmm. to come over to speak to the caller wow, wow. that 's crazy, yeah, for sure. 630 said companies used Watts lines for point-to-point long distance, which were also shared lines. Interesting stuff. Uh, when I was talking about eavesdropping, I was wondering, and uh, the 219 says party line etiquette was very important to the phone company at the time. If they had violations of policy, they really enforced it. So I guess you could probably report your neighbors if they were eavesdropping.
1: Well, or if they refused to get off and you had a real emergency. Let's say you had a medical emergency Mm -hmm. and someone was on that party line and they would not get off, which means you could not call the police or an ambulance. Well, that is not good etiquette. Yeah. Would you just pick up the
0: least? Would you pick up and go? Party's over.
1: <laughs>
6: this
0: is an emergency. Uh, but the two on nine then added the same and texter said it was pretty boring to listen to your neighbors' conversations. Yeah. Uh, most of the time. Um, and someone did say, I got to find this text that got buried. We've had so many of them, but that their mother would eavesdrop on <laughs> conversations. Uh, I guess it'd be like your soap opera, right? Like if you, if uh,
1: you, you could pick up the receiver in another room very
0: slowly. Yeah. My mom would eavesdrop, eavesdrop a lot. and listen. When they talked too long, she would bust in and yell at them. <laughs> You've been talking too long. How do you know? Oh, I've been listening. 312 <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to Dave. Hey, Dave, how are you doing?
9: Good morning, gentlemen. How are um, you? From, uh, from a guy who went to SIU in uh, 1975, we had party lines. In the dorm, and also the whole town, and everybody else south, uh-huh. it, was general, it was general telephone. Okay, at that time, and Mother's Day still holds the record every year for the most phone calls placed. Ah. And way
0: to bring That makes that, perfect sense. Yeah, and way to give us a peg to the reason why we're talking about it, Dave. Yeah, I bet. So then you would pick up the phone and so on and be on with their mom. You just had to wait until the line was free. Would you make a schedule of who was going to call when? Exactly, oh.
9: yes. All right. And in, uh, in um, the northern suburbs, Skokie and Des it used to be long distance to call across the street <laughs> because... We had, there was another phone company called Central Telephone Company, Centel. Okay. Okay. And if you call across the street to Illinois Bell, it was long distance.
0: Yeah. That's amazing. If you could just walk across the street. That'd probably be more effective there, Dave. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the call, Dave. I appreciate it. Okay. Okay. Thank Let, you. Let's go to Del Mar. Hey, Del Mar. How are you doing?
7: I'm hanging in here having a good Sunday.
0: We like that. Well, what do you want to say?
7: Well, back in the day, we had a pay box in our house, and the telephone guy would come up and collect the money, and if we didn't have a dime, my, I remember my grandmother would take a hammer, flatten a penny, and throw it in the slot so that we could uh, make a call. <laughs> and we replace the, the pennies with whatever amount of money that was owed for the uh, telephone man. I still have a scar on my chin. Where well, I ran into the little, it was like a little hook slot on the side of a black box.
0: Whoa. So you had to pay as you go in your own home and you would, if you didn't have the dime, you'd make a penny into a dime to make it work.
7: Right. And we still have party lines.
0: That's amazing, Delmar. Hey, thanks for the call. That's That's resourceful
7: yeah we had to do what you had to do
0: amen to that all right thanks have a great right. rest of your have sunday okay yeah you too let's go to dale hey dale you're on wgn
6: hey how are you good how are you doing good my friend no hey, you too good good yep very good so uh this is very specific but i used to live on a farm owned by the amish i'm not amish mm-hmm. they lived on one side of the street and we lived on the other and they're not allowed to have telephones on their property so they would have a telephone there was a telephone booth on our property, the property we rented from them, and that thing would ring for an hour and a half before one of the Amish would finally hear it, walk across the street, and and pick it up. And it wasn't it wasn't just the phone. It, like, they had a speaker, an amplifier hooked up to it. So the thing would ring for an hour and a half until somebody, one of the Amish actually heard it, and then they were allowed to use it because it was off of their property.
0: Whoa. First of all, who is that patient to call and wait 90 minutes I- for someone to pick up?
6: I, I swear to God, I never knew, but it was it was pretty constant that, that that kind of thing would happen. Every once in a while, we would, you know, step out and wave to the people because, you know, the, the speaker just made it very loud. Oh, but, I uh, bet. I don't know. I mean, they, when the Amish had to call somebody, they couldn't just hop in the car. They'd have to get their horse and buggy up and, and drive over, so it was still faster, but... Um, yeah, it was it was just very interesting. All of the rules and the ways that they got around the you know the rules of not having it on their property.
0: Right, that's fascinating. I, I always find uh, uh, folks the Amish folks very interesting how they deal with modern day technology. And obviously, it brings a lot of great things. But there's rules against it. Dale, thanks for sharing that with us. You bet. Happy Mother's Day. Talk oh, to you later. You too, and to all the moms out there. Hey, speaking of Mother's Day, 312-981-7200. Love for any shout-outs to your mother. Maybe you are a mother. Maybe your mother's passed and just want to honor her in a special way today. Call us, 312-981-7200. That makes us all feel uh, pretty good here on this Mother's Day. We'll take a break and more. John Hanson and for Dean Richards till 1 on WGN, 720 WGN. Hey, everyone. It's John Hanson, and on this Mother's Day Sunday, in for Dean until one o'clock. Thank you so much for chiming in. Boy, this got everyone fired up about party lines. A lot of phone calls, a lot of texts as well. I guess it's only appropriate. And here's a new wrinkle. This from the 847. Never heard of this. We had a kids line and there was a little knob you would turn for the main line or the kids line. We'd go through the phone book and call the numbers that said kids line. And that's how we try to meet girls. So that was before internet dating,
2: uh, for kids. Have you ever heard of this, Mason? Yeah, because my my grandparents had two lines. They had two numbers, right? And then there was a little thing on the on the phone. It's a little plastic knob that you kind of turn. You pulled it up and you turned it to the right or to the left, and it would get you to the one line or the other.
0: I've I've heard of having two lines, but, but I think I did-
2: the I think the kids line was the second line. Yeah, yeah.
0: and it, and it and it actually is not only just designated that as your house line, like oh hey, that's for the kids, right? So In don't, don't, the so phone book, one, there yeah. were numbers that said kids' line. Yeah. So, like, it'd be like, what, the Johnsons? And you'd be like, uh, the phone line, one,
2: here's one number, here's for the kids. Right. So, like, adults <laughs> don't call the kids' line. Because that line's always going to be oh, busy anyway. Man,
0: that is, that's interesting. Yeah. That's rife with problems, I will say, but I don't want to dive into it or ruin anyone's party. But 224, thank you for that. This I love. This is from David in West Chicago. He said, on I Love Lucy, to get people off the party line, she would just pick up the phone and say, okay, I got to go. And everyone would hang up. That's good. <laughs> I, I've watched a lot of I Love Lucy when I was a kid, and I, I don't remember that specifically. But Okay. Uh, 708 says, if I didn't have the dime or two nickels for the payphone to call home for a ride, I'd called collect. They'd say no, but I knew they'd come pick me up. Uh, there you go. Uh, 85, or excuse me, 630 says, oh, by the way, happy look at all the guys at Jewel Buying Last Minute Flowers Day. Hey, that's fine. Your last minute's okay. As long as you show up with flowers, that's good. 312 said, I used to listen to neighbors' wireless landline phones with a scanner. Oh, that's no good. But I got some juicy information. I'm not going to read what they found out about them. That's going above and beyond. That, that, you shouldn't have done that. Uh, 847 said that we had this too. You would know, a per, you you would turn a no, a knob when someone was calling. Dave, you ever hear of kids' lines versus adult lines? We had a texter talking about that. Uh, And then no. the, the phone book would actually tell you when there was like a teen line. That's what the 217 no, says. No, I,
1: I, don't, I don't recall that. That's so
0: odd. That must, must have been maybe a short-lived thing where you had the second line, it's called Kids or Teens probably got problematic and they had to change that. Anyways,
1: later when I was in high school, we had a phone installed uh in our basement where uh, you know you you had uh, a second line, right? Yeah, right, a second Well, it wasn't a second line, it was the same line, but oh. you know, it was another extension of the phone. Ah. And uh, spent uh, quite a quite a bit of time on that phone because mm-hmm. it was uh, you know, downstairs and away from uh you know, my parents who were in the other room either watching TV or doing something else and Right. I will uh, say this my friends.
0: This this is just a long way to say call your mom if you can today <laughs> don't, it's a, don't a very just long way of doing that uh, this was an hour-long conversation we had and i guess the ultimate point is if you can uh call your mom today uh and say you love her give her a hug if you can see her etc etc let's take a break we got news next from the northwestern medicine newsroom we'll get entertainment reports in the 11 o'clock hour john Ferdinand. on WGN. <laughs> 11.06 here on this Sunday morning, John Hanson in for Dean Richards, I'll take you till one o'clock. Thanks so much for listening everybody, 312-91-7200, that's our phone number for you to join the conversation, we'll pivot to some entertainment news and what's happening in the entertainment world, and for that, uh, my go-to guy's always uh, Blockbuster Blake Stubbs, Blake, how you doing my friend?
10: I'm doing well, John, how about yourself? Very
0: good, a happy Mother's Day to your mother as well, Blake?
10: Uh, yes, happy Mother's Day to Marsha, one of my favorite moms in the whole world, yes. as well as my own, of course. I'm looking forward to seeing her in about one hour. All right. It should be a lot of fun.
0: So she's listening saying, don't go too long, because we got yeah, some... Yeah, don't uh, go too long. All right, sounds good.
10: The <laughs> uh, biggest
0: movie out this weekend has to be this Doctor Strange. This is a sequel? I, I missed the first one, Blake. I, I have to admit, you know okay. I'm not as much into the comic worlds uh, as you, you are. I mean, you're into all movies, and you just know more about it. So tell us about what this is.
10: Okay, so Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness is the sequel to Doctor Strange, which is kind of, in the last five years, it's one of the bigger uh, Marvel properties that have come out. Um, the character of Doctor Strange has factored into a lot of the biggest uh, Marvel movie arcs, and so him getting his own sequel... Uh, this is supposed to open things up even larger for the Marvel Cinematic Universe because it involves the multiverse, which is something that they very much played with in Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, They've hinted at it for years that it was going to come eventually. Um, Spider-Man No Way Home is actually a great um, movie for context on top of being a a very entertaining blockbuster that certainly made everyone feel like COVID was a distant memory if you look at the money that it brought in. Mm -hmm. Um, This particular film, however, for me stood out as a very important entry in the Marvel Cinematic Universe because it is directed by one of my all-time favorite directors, Sam Raimi, who audiences will be very familiar with if they've seen the original Spider-Man movies made in the early 2000s because he directed all three of them. Um, One would argue that everything we know about a more modern era of comic book movies is owed in a great deal to a lot of the things that Sam Raimi did while he made those movies. So even if you've only seen one of those, um, sort of the the kinetic way he moves the camera, the which he's very known for, because he was a very successful independent director back in the very late '70s, early '80s with the Evil Dead films um Army of Darkness was a, was a big film for him as well. He's also known for making very good films such as The Simple Plan, which is Billy Bob Thornton and um Bill Paxton. Uh may he rest in peace cuz I thought he gave out. Uh, both gave outstanding performances. Billy Bob I believe was nominated uh for an Oscar for yeah. that film. So this is a director who has a lot of prestige in his career known for being a pioneer known for being a guy who knows how to direct actors known for being somebody who likes doing things practically which is a very big departure from the way the marvel films have kind of evolved uh if you've seen a lot of them you know a lot of people have some criticisms i have become one of these who who feels that they've kind of falling into a, fallen into a very formulaic uh way of delivering their films now that doesn't mean they're not entertaining that right. doesn't mean they're not enjoyable it's just Once you've seen over 20 of these, you start to notice a lot of similarities. I was very worried with uh, the attachment of Sam Raimi that the film would be more of a formulaic Marvel Cinematic Universe entry and just be a big part of the pack, except a way to launch into a new way of telling some stories with all of these characters that people know and love. Mm -hmm. I was very surprised to see that this was a film that they let Sam Raimi direct. And I'm not the only person who's saying this. Uh, This is something that's kind of lit up Twitter over the last few days. You mean it really has his
0: his thumbprint all over it?
10: Absolutely. In fact, the film uh, is the type where when it starts out, it it starts out like a Marvel film uh, in, in every respect. And then by the time the movie's over, you've got... Uh, a switch to practically being a full-on horror film uh, near the end, which is something that Raimi is very much, you know, one of the masters of. Uh, his his camera movement is all there. A lot of his gags that he is known for putting into his movies are very much present. Um, I feel like this movie is an incredibly fun watch. I think that this was a movie that uh, everybody who made it looks like they're having a good time on screen, which resonates with the audiences. I saw it with a packed house um, Friday nights. Uh, at an IMAX screening, and everyone was laughing. People were really into it. A couple of people had some shocked reactions to things on screen. So this wasn't like your giant crowd eruption movie like, say, Avengers Endgame. This was something that I think audiences, uh, for being one of the shortest Marvel films made in terms of actual running time, uh, they accomplished a lot. And I thought that getting to see some of my favorite directors, like calling cards on the screen as well, within the confines of the Marvel Cinematic Universe was great. And look, this is a movie that I think should not be spoiled. Uh, There are a lot of cameos, given the fact that it involves the multiverse, so characters we've never seen in Marvel films are going to appear in this. Um, Characters that have been hinted at in other shows uh, that they've done as sort of like offshoot um, um, shows that involve characters in different iterations of themselves uh, might make an appearance in this. This is something that if you can get out and see it, see this on a big screen uh, Um, it's it's fun to go to the movies again is a great way to say it dr strange
0: in the multiverse of madness uh they they reported that disney reported that it made uh, about 58 million dollars on yesterday uh, about 90 million on friday and it's uh the the box offices they need these these you know say what you will about so many you know comic books or these uh these these marvel movies they really are tent poles for some of these studios
10: very much are. Uh, this movie, as of right now, the last thing I saw, according to Variety, was it has a total of $185 million in its opening weekend. Uh, for context, Spider-Man No Way Home is the biggest thing uh, in the pandemic that's come out, which was uh, $260 million. Um, but, but we got all day today, too. Some, yeah, and I think this one's got some legs, and I think that, of course, don't even... Uh, neglect what's going to happen internationally uh, with this movie because it's going to be a big hit internationally probably as well. So, yeah, I, I think you're right, John. This is one of those tentpole movies to say that we are full on in blockbuster season. I think it's fair game. Uh, and also it's just nice for me as a fan to see one of my favorite directors put out his first movie in nine years, see it make a ton of money, see it get critical praise, and whether whether certain Marvel fans love it or hate it, I don't think that they can deny the fact that this movie is trying to be ambitious in good ways to drive this big story that we all have been watching for over, I think, 11, 12 years now at this point um, in some interesting and new directions.
0: Yeah, so, for sure. From uh, from Doctor Strange to Doctor Who, big announcement there, yeah?
10: Yeah, um, so this, this actually was a big surprise when I woke up this morning. Um, so for those that aren't too familiar with Doctor Who... The character of the Doctor uh, can be played by a new actor. As uh, a contract runs out, they can regenerate the Doctor. That's He's a Time Lord. That's part of the whole lore of the character uh, into a new actor. And we are at that point in time where we're transitioning from one actor to another. Um, Jodie Whittaker has been playing the part for the last few years, and she was the first woman doctor. Um, the first black actor will be taking the role with Shuti Gatwa, um, who, who is a, a name that I wanted to make sure I pronounced properly. Uh, so I did a lot of homework before I got on the radio with you today, John. Um, Shuti Gatwa is known for Netflix's Sex Education. He's been on the show, as I understand it, the entire run. This is not an actor that I'm familiar with, but the, the knowing that Russell T. Davies is taking over the show again, and for those that may not know, Russell T. Davies is the man who really was the showrunner when Doctor Who had its big resurgence in the early 2000s. He is now back in charge of the show and ushering it into a whole new era um, by casting Judy Gatwood, who's a very talented actor from everything I have seen of him. Um, And I'm very intrigued to see where they go from here. So this is is one of those big monumental castings that I think for a a very beloved character, uh, a show that... Has always been popular whenever it's been on the air, um, because this is a very long-running character, too. I believe this is a character that's approaching its um sixth decade uh, of being wow. in social consciousness. Yeah. So um fifth or sixth, I might be very off on my numbers there. but Either way, 50 years just know at least. That there's a lot of gravitas and appreciation for this character and for this a young actor to take on this role. I'm I'm very intrigued to see see what he does with it. Um, I'm it's looking looking interesting to say the least.
0: Seven seven three chimed in. What a perfect discussion for Mother's Day, a Marvel movie. Hey, we're gonna get to mom <laughs> stuff in a second. We were just going over some headlines, people. Just talking about what's happening. Yes, Blake. After the break, we're gonna talk about the best movie moms or TV moms in history. Sound good?
10: Sounds great to me.
0: Yeah, right. We're getting to it, people. Don't worry. It's Mother's Day. I haven't forgotten that. 312 with your favorite TV or movie moms. 312 We'll get to that after this on WGN. 720 WGN. It's 1120 it's John Hanson in for Dean Richards till one o'clock on this Mother's Day Sunday. So look behind me. You know, a lot of high clouds are kind of overtaking the sun. That's a little too bad, but hey, at least it's, uh, we had some sun. It's not pouring right now. So it's better than the last 50 days have been. So uh, as we see this warm up uh, really take hold starting tomorrow, Blake Stubbs, Blockbuster Blake, we're now going to pivot to talk about best TV and Movie Moms, 312-981-7200 if you've got some. We've got a few on the text line, Blake, including uh, one from a movie that goes, I believe, back to the 40s from 773 says, I Remember Mama. I don't remember that movie. Uh, did you? Were you able to look up anything about that one,
10: Blake? So I Remember Mama is a movie that came out in 1948, uh, and it stars Irene Dunn as Mama and Barbara Belgatis, who I think a lot of people will remember, and is also a very famous TV mom uh, in her own right, uh, as well as a fantastic actress. And it's about a young writer um, who really just sort of tells her story of what it's like to grow up as one of four kids in a Norwegian immigrant household uh, in the early 1900s, like 1910s, uh, I believe in San Francisco. Um, Barbara Belgatis, uh, a lot of people know as Miss Ellie from Dallas, uh, Miss Ellie Ewing, the the patriarch of the Ewing family. But, um, this is, this is one of those things where pre-Dallas, uh, Barbara Belgatis was a very, very, uh, hardworking actress who was in a lot of things, including, uh, you know, Hitchcock. She worked with just about everybody you could work with. Um, and I, I think this is a good selection. John, I, I think you and I have always talked about how I always come away from doing, um, uh, a show with you when we bring in texts where uh, I get homework. Yeah. I get something I haven't seen before. Uh, this was one of, I everything I just said to you is something I looked up as a little bit of uh, research on what yet. this movie was. So, yeah, this is my homework. Uh, whoever texted this in, please know that I will watch this probably sometime this week, if not today.
0: I remember so
6: I, Mama. I
10: appreciate it. There you go, Mike. I remember Mama, 1948. Mike P.
0: in Jefferson Park says, Harriet Nelson reminded me of my mom, always in high heels and a dress, making cookies when I got home from school. Not. (laughs) Yeah, some of these TV and movie moms we see are uh, ancient uh, portrayals or stereotypical ones. uh, But I feel like the ones that are more based in reality, say like a Marge Simpson is one that comes to mind for me. Yeah. A little bit more accurate, right?
10: I would, I would, I would agree. Yeah. I mean, I was going to say the adventures of Ozzie and Harriet, that's a big one. I, I think that a lot of people know that when you watch sitcoms that were set in a certain era, let's say, uh-huh. Uh particularly things from the fifties, you know, you got fifties and sixties, you have things like June Cleaver from leave it to beaver. I mean, these were all very, this is a very, dim- like there's a role that a mother plays as opposed to not just being a mom and, right. As as we uh, you and I were growing up, John, I think the big ones that stand out are absolutely Marge Simpson. Uh, Roseanne uh, is another one yeah. uh, that I think I think is a given. And uh, I think that it was quite obvious that in sitcoms, the the role of the mother uh, certainly branched out uh, and started to show all the facets of what it takes to be a mother and, and raise a family, take care of a household, which isn't just the mom's job. That's everybody's job. It's it's one of those things where now <laughs> when we see moms on TV. We get a lot more, I think, out of out of both the actresses and the parts uh, to, to show off what it really means to be a mom.
0: Yeah, you're right. That is an interesting transition that happened from shows from maybe the 50s and maybe the early 60s to what happens to a maybe a more reality. I'm sure some people wish it was still like Leave It to Beaver times, but... Uh, it ain't, and maybe it never quite was for a lot of people. So it's interesting. 847 says, uh, Mary Ty- ordinary people, Mary Tyler Moore. Um, great su- a suggestion there. David from Jefferson yep. Park says, favorite mom is Marie Dressler from uh, Tugboat Annie um
10: okay yeah that's a good that's a good pull i like that yeah Yeah.
0: and uh the 217 echoed the i remember mama a wonderful movie for your homework there blake um i don't know annie mazer dave schwann do you guys have any uh favorite moms
2: portrayed in tvs or movies past I was like Mrs. Cunningham from Happy Days.
1: There oh, you go. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. There you go. Mm-hmm. And we, you were talking about June Cleaver, and uh, but but another mother that that was from that same era of Leave It to Beaver, was uh, Jane Wyman, who was the uh, mother on Father Knows Best. Always, well, always the good-natured, uh, caring housewife and mother of uh, you know two uh, daughters and a son. I, I liked her portrayal. You know, it's
0: interesting that we talk about these roles that were really these... Um, I guess it's something that you
1: would want every... You know, that a, a stereotypical yeah. is a word, but also Did anyone a, maybe actually an gr- ideal? maybe an ideal type of mother.
0: Did anyone actually grow up with moms that were quite like... I'm sure there are people out there that say, yeah, my mom was just like Mrs. Cleaver and stuff, but maybe well, it was know, more my projection.
1: Mother, my mother was home most of the time, yeah, and uh, true. when I would come home from school, she would be getting ready... Uh, with dinner or a a neighbor lady would be over having a cup of coffee uh that type of thing when I would be when I would come home from school yeah. and I, and I have to say this I really I really mean this my friends that I knew and even getting into college when I would go to visit their houses the mothers were just the same way they were just they took you right in, you were family right I,
0: I, and that 's wonderful, and I think a lot of moms, especially moms who uh, you know either never entered the workforce or they, they, they raised kids, which is more work than a lot of people realize of course um but I guess I mean like the, like the high heels on baking cookies in the oven with well, the skirt. You know, that's what I mean, right? Like,
1: no, 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 Of
0: course there were a lot of moms out there that did great and were perfect. Um, I got a text by the way, guys. This is a topical from the 847. Worst TV mom, Wendy Bird from Ozark. <laughs> that's good Blake we got a, a mom uh, a text from the 309 says a mo- the mom on uh, blackish a whole person and I think that's a great way to put that right a whole person Blake
10: yeah, I think whole person, very layered, absolutely. And and I think that that's a, a testament to the shift in what writers' rooms are looking like on television shows these days. You know, they're being more inclusive. They're getting different voices in there that have never been in, in past decades. And when that happens, you'll see complete transitions in how characters are written. And the idea of any character fitting a specific um, role, you know, d- doesn't really apply. We want layered characters as audience members. We want to have, you know, one week we want to be cheering them on, and the next week we might have a little bit of a conflict with them because things change and they're human beings. I like that description, a whole person. I really appreciate that.
0: That's good. I guess 847 saying also, I remember Mama was also a TV show in the 50s. I didn't know that. We'll have to continue our research. Phone lines are lighting up, 312-981-7200. Get on. We want to talk favorite moms. This can be from TV shows or from movies. I think the the TV moms stick with us just because the nature of the weekly program, right, coming on. And you see the evolution of characters perhaps a little bit more than – in in movies uh 815 says livy walton from the waltons uh sally field from brothers and sisters a lot of great texts coming in uh the one that i remember blake that i appreciate sophia petrillo from golden girls uh that's a whole woman she had a lot of stories from back in sicily and of course lost her husband and uh raised uh b arthur according to the show (laughs)
10: Right. I was going to say, I think that uh, that particular character, of Sophia Petrillo, what, what, played by Estelle Getty, uh, with a plum, by the way, uh, is one of the big standouts for me. Because I think um, what I was just talking about with like a whole person, you know, that our our, our audience, or our listeners sent in, I think she's one of the earliest renditions of that. One of those really like throughout the entire show, by the time the show's over, I feel like, you know, her entire life story. And she's probably got still got surprises for you, even after the show's done. So I, I like the, the pick, uh, John. I think that is one of the gold standards, not to uh, play on the title of the show she was on. But I, I definitely agree with you there.
0: Here's another one, 708, and I don't think anyone could disagree with this. Claire Huxtable, what a portrayal yeah. on the Cosby Show. And I know it's you know faux pas really to talk too much about the other side of the Cosby Show family, of course. And that show has such a stain on it, unfortunately, nowadays, because it really was a great show. And a lot of it was Claire Huxtable.
10: I agree. I think that uh, the portrayal of a very understanding, loving mother um, is, is one of those things that every era of sitcom television has one of its icon has an icon for a specific role, be it, you know, the neighbor or the father or the mother or the kids, one of the kids. I think Claire Huxtable is one of the true standouts of her era. Uh, and if you want to see, um, obviously, there's controversy around the show for obvious reasons, but I, I can't discount uh the character uh, of Claire Huxtable at all. Oh, I think sure. that that's a fantastic selection.
0: Like I know you gotta go see Mom. Can you hang around just a little bit longer for us?
10: Oh, yeah. I'm sure she's listening. As long as she's listening, she knows. You know, yeah, I'll be there, Mom. Don't worry. We're just I'm getting, coming to get you. We're
0: going to a ton of texts in. We want to get your calls, too. 312-981-7200. 312-981-7200. Favorite TV or movie moms. More of this after the news here on WGN. Happy Mother's Day, everybody. And a happy Sunday to you all. It's 1138. I'll be in for John Williams, actually, tomorrow. And then back again at six o'clock for your money matters. But I'm here till one o'clock today for uh, obviously Dean Richards' show, uh, and we're talking about uh, TV and movie moms with uh, Blockbuster Blake Stubbs. And, Blake, we did get a text from the 847. My mom was very similar to June Cleaver in her real life. As she got older, she switched from pumps and dresses to dressy slacks and dressy flat shoes. We lived in a small town, and even to go downtown, all of us girls, including her mother, had to dress up, put on our makeup, and make sure that our hair was spotless. And I think that is – they bring up an interesting point about, you know, we see these TV moms in the era in which they're presented, but – you know, well after the show ends, obviously they're characters; they're fake people. But you can imagine that the moms would evolve with the times too, right?
10: Absolutely. And and there's nothing to say that everything described in that text message isn't still present today. There's just new versions of it. Yeah. Them. Um, and I and I think that uh, I I feel like John, we were when we were little kids, we we grew up probably on the very tail end of, of what was described word for word there. But you know now again, I think there's there's all new versions of it. I mean, so many of my friends are, are mothers now, and I think that uh, they're all finding their way, much like their mothers did. Yeah, for and sure. and as long as they're able to just you know, Press on and keep doing it. They're gonna they're gonna find the way that works for them. And, and I think that uh that whole idea of it being idyllic is relative, I think, to everybody. as close to a certain 100%, parameter. 100%, right,
0: so. exactly. 312-981-7200. 312-981-7200. That's the phone line. We got so many texts. And this one's been consistent, Blake. <laughs> Kathleen Turner in Serial Mom. Tell us about it.
10: Yeah, so Serial Mom is I believe a 1994 uh comedy, uh but it's also a bit of a thriller uh because Kathleen Turner this was she phenomenal actress. Uh if you've never seen anything with her in it, I'd be very surprised. Um however, uh she plays essentially a serial killer who's also a mom. Uh, and and it's uh it's a wacky, funny, very 90s uh comedy that I I would recommend. I mean, I I love those types of movies just cuz they came out when I was a kid, so anything I saw, like from probably like 1993 to 2003, regardless of the quality of the film, it probably had some kind of impression on me. So, yeah, I, I would definitely say uh, if you want to laugh, uh, probably more laughs now than it might have had then because it, it is kind of like a horror. Flasher movie as well yeah. uh check out serial mom that's a real 90s trip okay. very good recommendation
0: uh the kathleen turner voice jessica rabbit am i pulling that out of uh thin air blake or...
10: i think so if I not think... it sounds exactly like her
0: if i if i know that and blockbuster blake does and that's a point for me today everybody i'll let you look that up a little later on someone texted in reba mcintyre on reba I, I i'm not a huge country i watched reba and i agree i loved it <laughs>
10: No, yeah, Reba I think was one of those fantastic early 2000s sitcoms that I believe it had like 8 years. Yeah. It had a really good run um and I think it goes without saying that Reba has a very iconic presence both you know on stage as a singer and entertainer and a songwriter and and everything. Like that's an entire like monolithic chapter of her career, but she's also done some fine work in TV and movies. And and I mean Reba the television show is an excellent standout choice. I mean as a, I think she plays a single mom of it's two or three kids. So I, I think that's an excellent choice if you want to dive into a new sitcom, especially on Mother's Day, yeah. uh, with a familiar face that chances are you absolutely adore because the public loves Riva, no yeah. question.
0: Uh, Eight four seven chimes in with Modern Family mothers, all of them. <laughs> they were uh, full characters. They had husbands that acted like children uh, but they were uh, sexy beans mistakes and all yeah all the moms of mo- family and uh, modern family are good
10: yeah I was gonna say all unique personalities all unique characters but all in one family uh, which leads to a lot of hilarity both interactions with their husbands with each other with their kids like Yeah, I would highly recommend Modern Family. Very good pick.
4: 847
0: says, The Mom on Big Bang Theory. Uh, The one that you never see but is always yelling off screen at Howard. Yeah, for sure.
10: Uh, Oh, absolutely.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Did you look up, I I sent this one to you, Blake, Florida Evans. Do we know that answer? Did you happen to figure out what that uh, was? Good
10: times. The moms of Good Times, yes, Florida oh. Evans, yeah, no, she I think is one of the big standout, uh Mot TV moms, uh, especially for the era. Now, Good Times is not the only thing she did, but I think for for me, Good Times is is the big standout performance. Um, and if if you want to dig into great. Actresses who had some really truly dramatic moments on televisions while on television while playing mothers, um, not in a modern era you know where they're really trying to write that on the regular um Florida Evans had a couple of scenes I believe that are I, I don't want to call them heartbreaking, but they're really engrossing performances that that showcase that it isn't just about laughs um there there can be a lot of great dramatic moments with tv moms uh florida evans that that is a really good pick i'm actually surprised we haven't talked about her yet right um, so yeah thanks for sending that in that was a really good one
0: someone from a movie said the mom from elf she's unflappable
10: <laughs> yes absolutely much like her son uh yeah. in a lot of ways in yeah. that movie. Yeah.
0: exactly uh people said a couple people have chimed this in do not forget marie barone from everybody loves raymond for sure
10: oh yeah no absolutely i think i think in uh in the two, late 90s, early 2000s, that, that character uh, is a big standout. Yeah, absolutely.
0: TV mom Ann Romano in One Day at a Time, and also Alice the Waitress from Mel's Place. Two, uh, two good nominations there. Mm
10: -hmm. absolutely yeah i think yeah and by the way john just uh interjecting very quickly yes kathleen turner did voice
0: hey look at that uh we've had one chime in and this was actually ranked on the someone ranked like the top 25 best moms and i am not a gilmore girls fan or i'm not against it i just never have seen it but so many people have been texting about Lorelei gilmore
10: yes uh i i you know what that's a a blind spot for me as well i have never watched gilmore girls i i figured somebody would send it in because i think that uh even given the revival of the show which i as far as i know fans really enjoyed um i i think that uh she's one of the big standout moms you know i believe single mother who's raising uh children uh who are becoming adults uh so it's like a coming of age for everybody involved um but also you know it's not just she takes care of the house. She takes care of the kids. She's got her own life. Yeah, and I think that um, that that is probably a big reason that character even today still resonates with audiences.
0: And by the way, I mentioned Marie Barone from Everyone Loves Raymond. Other people are saying, "Well, what about Deborah?" Yes, Deborah as well. Of oh, course, yeah. good moms. You know which one? And this is probably just a sign of when I grew up and watching TGIF. I uh always loved Jill Taylor from home improvement as a as a mom on TV and, and maybe it was because you know that the Taylor house was three boys. I grew up in a house with three boys uh my dad was a handy guy, although I guess uh you know he wasn't much of a handy guy, but he was supposed to be a handy guy on the show I don't know there were some uh, allusions to the suburban family that I kind of related to and Jill Taylor I thought was a great mom
10: I think Jill Taylor was always the voice of reason in a household of fun craziness uh uh-huh. and and i think that that's an excellent pick john given, given the dynamic of the family and everything it is when you go back and watch clips or even a full episode of the show something's going to go wrong or there's going to be some crazy antic and in some way she is the true voice of reason in that household for sure so, yeah I, i've always appreciated that character all right
0: blake which ones can we not end with here before i let you go
10: Oh, the big ones for me, I think it's actually an actress who has played moms of every ilk, uh, which is Allison Janney. I think that she's played one of the, the best ty- uh, type of moms in the movie, Juno, who is incredibly supportive of her daughter going through teen pregnancy. I think she's also played one of the worst moms, uh, playing Tanya Harding's mom in I, Tanya. All right. Um, she really is a very layered, gifted actress. Um, who I've, I've had the pleasure of seeing live on stage once before and she just blew me away. If you want to find an actress who has a lot of layered performances and, and plays a mom on today, you know, today in particular, uh, she's even got, uh, the sitcom Mom. Uh, so I, I would highly recommend just pull up the IMDb page of Alice and Janney, pick something and go wild. Uh, and then the last one, John, is I think one you and I both love and appreciate and adore, which is, Lucille from Arrested Development. Um, (laughs) Jessica Walter is outstanding in that show. She is beyond hilarious. Um, Obviously not the the pinnacle of example (laughs) mom, but definitely one of those moms who flaws and all. Uh, is a very intriguing, funny, and enjoyable character to watch. Um, and in a show that's loaded with talent, she is completely one of the standout uh, performers on it. And may she rest in peace, because she's sadly no longer with us.
0: Yeah, so. I think that starting with June Cleaver and ending with Lucille Bluth is uh, the perfect way to uh, start and end this thing, Blake. <laughs>
10: <laughs> hey, you know what? What a Mother's Day. There yeah, it is, there right it there. Give you the whole, the whole gamut.
0: <laughs> yeah, wish your mama a happy Mother's Day for me, Blake, Okay.
10: Will do. You as well. You have a great one.
0: Blockbuster Blake Stubbs. You can follow him on Twitter, at Blake Stubbs. That's with two Bs. Let's take a break. If you've got any other last-minute nominations, or just a shout-out to mom, 312-981-7200. Give us a call. Give your mom a shout-out. Maybe your mom's passed on, and you want to honor her with a nice little memory on WGN Radio, 50,000 watts. Give us a call, 312-981-7200. We'd love to hear about your mom. After this on WGN, Chris and Paul, we're going to get to you in one moment with your Mother's Day shout-outs. Uh, just reading through a last couple texts of favorite TV or movie moms, Mary, the mother... And Mima, the grandmother, both on Young Sheldon and Sophia from Golden Girls. Beverly on the Goldbergs, says the 219. And 708 says the Wahlbergs' mother, who passed away recently. And uh we got a lot of great texts on in about moms and TV shows and movies. More TV shows. As I said, I think you develop like that connection with those TV show characters a little bit more, maybe, than the movie ones. Anyways, All that entertainment report, and we appreciate Blockbuster Blake hopping on, sponsored by Chicago Symphony Orchestra Performances. Uh, Always love getting that stuff on in. All right, let's get some uh, Mother's Day shout-outs here before we break before the news. Let's go to Chris. Hey, Chris, how are you doing today?
3: I'm doing great. It's Sunday. Uh, It's going to be 90 this week, so uh, (laughs) life is looking up. You know, it's going to be sunny.
0: Not too hot, though, right? Yeah, there we go.
3: No, I know. We go right from uh, winter to summer, no spring. (laughs) That's how we do it. Um, Good. I wanted to give a shout-out to my mom, Suzanne Combs, who lives in LaGrange Park. She's a retired nurse for over 36 years, worked at uh, Westlake, Westlake Hospital and Hinsdale Hospital was a case manager, worked in ER, ICU, recovery, and uh, was there for so many patients over the years. Uh, and she's had some health challenges over the last year with her back, but uh, she has uh, always been a great mom to myself and my brother, Paul, uh, who lives in Wicker Park. And we are making uh, some brunch for her oh. today and uh, at home, and uh, we'll see how our chef skills are. But... Uh, <laughs> I uh, wanted to give her a great shout out, and uh, I love you, Mom.
0: Oh, that's great, Chris, and uh, appreciate, of course, that she's a nurse, too. Hinsdale Hospital, I was born at Hinsdale Hospital, so pretty uh, intimately aware with that uh, great facility, and uh, your mom being a part of that makes that a little extra special, Chris. Thank you. You bet. Thank you. And you said your your brother's name was Paul,
3: right? Right. My brother's name is Paul, right? Oh, on. great. Yeah. Well,
0: we have another caller named Paul. Uh, Paul, you're not Chris's brother, are you? I am not Chris's brother, <laughs> I don't know no. if you guys were double-dipping the calls and getting them both in here. Uh, what's your shout-out today, Paul?
9: Yeah, My mother uh, passed away at the age of uh, 75 back in
2: 1994.
9: Oh. Uh, and so it's been 28 years uh, going on uh, next month. And I still miss her dearly. Oh. Um, she raised four sons. Um, she was a minister's wife. Um, she instilled the love of music in all of us, Uh, my oldest brother and I um, especially. um, And and I remember when we gathered, all four sons and my mom and dad and and their pastor, um, a few weeks before my mom, actually like 10 days before my mom passed away in uh, June of 94, um, mom was planning her memorial service with all of us there, and she asked my oldest brother to sing a solo, and I was kind of surprised she didn't ask me, because both of us have been very involved, but um, she knew that I would have a great deal of difficulty because of how emotionally Mm. tied up with her I was. Um, My dad actually did end up having me sing, but Hmm. I could barely hold it together until I sat down after singing.
2: Wow. So she
0: knew that it would be tough for you, and as a mom, she didn't want to put you through that. Wow. Well, Paul, I know yeah, that she's that's... a wonderful person. I'm so glad you were able to share her memories. And uh, hopefully those, those memories are, are stronger than, uh, obviously, the sad memory that she's not there and that you can uh, live with that, right, Paul? Yeah. Absolutely. Yes, Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. I know it's a tough day for a lot of folks out there, too. I think it's nice to share those memories of those moms that are no longer with us. And, of course, hug those that are. Let's take a break. Then the news here on WGN. No longer Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon, everybody here. It's 1207, and this is WGN. I'm John Hanson, and for Dean Richards till 1 o'clock this afternoon, we're getting a lot of great texts and calls today. Shout-outs to mom. Just do a couple more on the text line, and feel free to call in, too. 312-981-7200. 847 says, shout-out to my mom who turned 90 years old on May 6th, just a couple days ago. My sisters and I had a party yesterday. My mom from a family of 15 children. Dubuque, Iowa, 15? Oh, boy, that is a lot. I know it was different back then. My uh, grandfathers, um, at least one of my my mom's dad, came from a family of nine, and I thought that was a lot. We had a caller today say they came from a family of 12 and a family of 15 my goodness well shout out to that mom as well 31291 7200 um 773 says my mom taught four of us kids to read using peanuts cartoon books that she bought when she was in college miss her humor her infinite wisdom so much can't talk too emotional from the 773 yeah you know, I'm asking people if they want to, you know, tribute to their mom. That, that's got to be hard, too, right, if, to form those words sometimes. And uh, you never know, on a phone call maybe here on the radio, it might break you up a little bit. I That uh, that makes sense. Feel free to text it in on, too. I'm happy to read it for you if you'd still like a shout-out to your mom uh, who's passed on. 312-981-7200. That's our phone line here. We'll continue to get those shout-outs out. But uh, Dave Schwan, it would not be a show where I get to fill in and talk with you. If we didn't nerd out on some history, right?
1: Yes, and uh, we keep saying we're going to do this podcast, and you and I would be the only ones listening. So
0: yes. <laughs> we want to do some sort of presidential podcast. We've we been
1: talking about this for we,
0: years. We just can't now. figure out the format that anyone else would listen to, <laughs> right. besides me and you. I mean, I can already see Andy walking away as we uh, get into this conversation. Well, he's watching an <laughs> no interesting
1: offense, ball game here, right? Oh, now. true. He's
0: doing his job. Yeah, yeah no for offense. sure. Yeah, no, do not take. Looks
1: like they started playing again. Yes, they
2: did. Okay.
1: Yeah. Oh, there was an
0: injury, right? Yeah. Uh, The
2: umpire took uh, took a foul ball right off the mask. Oh, that's scary. Home plate umpire, so they had to switch him out and uh, bring in the uh, first base umpire to get behind the plate. Oh, they got to do all the changes and stuff like that. Yeah. Got to put the gear on and all that stuff.
0: So then there's probably no second base, right? They keep the foul lines, right? Right. Yeah.
2: And the the, the rotation's a little different uh, when there's only three umpires. It's, you know, there's different responsibilities but they all kind of go back to their days in the minor leagues
0: yeah right or yeah. back I, I was a little league umpire yeah, for a long too. time and well, sometimes you're the only one out there yeah i'd either hard. be at the pitching mound or just behind the plate and just run around mm-hmm. and you that was back in the day when we had the uh the big uh thing we'd hold oh yeah the big pillow yeah yeah the big pillow essentially yeah. not the chest protector that you would wear mm-hmm. you'd have the knee uh, protectors down your legs and i was like Twelve years old, all of what yeah. five foot nothing, maybe even four foot ten with a big pillow in front of you <laughs>
2: exactly, and you know that was always the big difference between the American League and the national league when uh, you know in the big leagues because the American League umpires always wore the outer chest protector, and the national league guys always wore the inside one, so they always said that the American really? League had high strikes. And the National League had low strikes because you could actually get down a little bit further when you had the uh, the inside protector around rather than the outside.
0: You know, it's interesting you say that because I've always known that there was
2: differences between the umpires. They were completely different leagues at the time. Yeah. And then
0: the umpires were different, too. They were, were they different unions, too? I mean, there was a whole no, different operation, it, right? It was the
2: same union, I believe, but uh, there were National League umpires and American League umpires. And then, uh, you know, interleague play started, so they all started to uh, to kind of combine the crews. And now it's just, uh, you're just a Major League umpire now. Oh, interesting. Yeah.
0: Okay. So we ended up uh, starting to talk about history and then Andy and and I history- I'm right yeah. sorry <laughs> no, you didn't you didn't uh, and then Dave walked away uh, but he's back now in the, in the saddle. So Dave Schwann, today's a pretty important day in history, isn't it?
1: Today is Victory in Europe Day, May 8th, where uh, Germany surrendered to the Allied forces and at the same time we had a new president at right about that time who right. had uh, taken office less than a month Uh, before as uh, Franklin Roosevelt uh, died suddenly uh, in uh, mid-April at uh, his uh, home in Warm Springs, Georgia and uh harry truman became uh president uh, of course as vice president in uh, like 1944 i believe the election yep, was.
0: that was one and he and uh, it was a it, they knew that r- some people knew that roosevelt was sick and henry wallace who had been vice president under fdr's third term was seen as way too far to the left to potentially take over so at the dnc they ended up settling on harry truman a senator who had really uh, out of missouri who had really pushed against the administrations, and in fact had led investigations into the FDR administration about overspending on defense contracts and such. So he wasn't well loved by FDR's people. And FDR, I like the way you said Missouri. Uh, yeah, isn't that
1: how they say it there? They I, do I try and in, represent well, the way in, they say it? Not there. everywhere, but they do say it there in in, in certain areas of the state, Missouri. Right.
0: Yeah. And uh, you know, FDR never told Truman about the bomb. No, didn't tell about the Manhattan Project. I think they had one lunch meeting, Schwani. Yeah, and that's it. And then Harry
1: Truman takes over the world, essentially, and the mess. I keep in mind that, uh, you know, while it was victory in Europe, there still was no firm decision as to what we were going to do in the Pacific. Not at
0: all. Uh, look at uh, island hopping your way back to the mainland. Mm-hmm. Thoughts of having to invade mainland. Just like they did
1: a D-Day invasion, you know, in the Pacific as they did in Europe. And I never knew this, John, mm-hmm. until I met a gentleman and became friends with him oh, this has to be 25 years ago, who was a World War II veteran serving in Europe. I never realized this. But just because they served in Europe and Germany surrendered and the war was over there did not mean that they were going to go home. Nope. It meant that they were going to be shipped over to the Pacific because the job was not done. You're right. And obviously, and and I think that when I watch old
0: newsreel footage, it was a, it was a celebration, but very muted for that exact reason. It was just the first front that had been tackled on this two-front war. And, uh, then you, and then you think of the Pacific. Of course, that then, uh, gets nullified by the atomic bombs in August of 1945. Uh, but still a summer of angst and confusion and worry for so many mothers and fathers at home, as their sons mostly, and, and their daughters too, working in the war effort as well. Um, it just – I can't imagine a, a more – a president that had to deal with more immediately when coming into office. And I think it also raises questions about, you know, the health of presidents and what should be yes. known or not yes. be known. Yeah, FDR had been diagnosed with a chronic heart disease in 44, I believe. And,
1: and even before that, and of course, was dealing with the ramifications of polio right. and, and everything else. And, and remember this, too, that uh, he was very seldom, if ever seen in public, well, never in the newsreels being pushed around in a wheelchair. No, never he was standing, shaking hands with people, um, helped to a podium. I think people knew the general public knew that, uh, you know, he had the uh, this situation, but you never saw it. Right. And you would not be able to get away with that today. No, you wouldn't.
0: No. And it really raises an interesting debate. Not that this is what we need to dive into this decision, but like... Go ahead. See
1: where I, this podcast is yeah, going. Right. <laughs> so the listeners are clicking <laughs> off right now. No, you know, The party it, line conversation was a lot more fun, right. wasn't
0: it? <laughs> I just, you know, is it fair to not show someone who's differently abled, uh, you know, we would scream that's against what our free press is all about, right, Schwanny? Yeah. But, yes. And and I think things have changed a lot now, but maybe fifteen, twenty years ago you could still say it would be hard to fathom maybe electing someone to that leadership position because of people's preconceptions about someone who's in a wheelchair, unfairly so. I think that's changed a lot recently in Governor Abbott out of Texas. Right, is there in, you go. Is, so then maybe things and then God willing things are changing. But it's interesting that if, if the press reels did show FDR in that way, he may have never been elected in the first place. Yeah,
1: that, well, again, eighty years ago now, you right? Know, that that was uh, that was how different things were. Right. But uh, you know, nonetheless, this is also why we now have a constitutional amendment yep. that presidents are only to serve two terms mm-hmm. because that didn't exist. <laughs> Franklin Roosevelt was in his fourth term as president. Right. Uh, and uh, have you ever thought about what? He might have done, you know, had he lived and gone through, you know, the victory in Europe, if he had made the decision to uh, drop the atomic bomb,
0: I as th- Harry Truman did. I think he would have. Uh, no doubt about that. Um, and, you know, the, the, the scholars debate and people can debate about it. But when you're looking at numbers that a million American kids can die, uh and, you know, we don't have to go down this road entirely either, but you can see why certain decisions were made, despite the horrific ramifications, obviously, they would have for a lot of innocent yes. Japanese people. Yes. And it's,
1: it's boy, I'm glad I didn't have to make that decision. I'll <laughs> tell you that much, really. But then, nonetheless, uh, today is a Victory in Europe today, VE Day. Right. Uh, May 8th, 1945, which will uh, make it, uh, what, 80 years in uh, 2025? Yep, that's yeah.
0: right. 80 yeah. years. Wow. And uh by the way, we're getting a lot of very kind texts saying that this Good. is a fascinating conversation. Good. So, Good. so the, to the four of Good. you we'll have four we're not listeners getting, They're not,
1: not not six letter <laughs> words going boring.
0: Good. No, I I, I it is fascinating. It's a, just a different it's a different world and you know we've been talking in the news recently about VE Day because the Russians take yes. it very seriously. Yes. We shall not forget that we were allies with the Russians yes, during we were. the war, we and were. and I, you know, the, the Russians did a lot of bad things in World War II. Let's not forget that, but I mean, they're a huge reason why we won
1: the war, and they are on the Eastern well, Front. They we talk about Franklin Roosevelt. Who were the big three? Right? Roosevelt, Winston Churchill. And Joseph Stalin. For sure. And I'm, make no mistake. This is not me trying to forgive what's happening. It's a different, it's a different world. I'm just
0: saying back then.
1: Absolutely. And they
0: were, and Stalin was, you know, a piece of work and did a lot of terrible things too. Uh, but they were instrumental in the defeat of Germany. And then of course that led to the whole post war thing. Anyways, yes, that was, uh, I think victory in Europe day was kind of the end of, the peace between US and Russia, of course, after the war, then after victory in Japan. Now Russia did declare war on Japan after VE Day, which was an important part of this discussion too, that people don't realize that Russia was not, had not declared war against Japan until after victory in Europe. And people were wondering if they even would. And that had put more pressure on the Japanese. Anyways, uh, I think we've stretched people's
1: limits, Juan. <laughs> okay, okay, we're done. I was, we could go on and talk about one of the one of the reasons why there was a growing animosity between Russia or what was then the Soviet Union right. and, and the United States was the fact that Stalin and the Soviet Union did not leave the areas in Eastern Europe. Uh, that they had moved into to push back the German forces, mm-hmm. which led to what uh, Winston Churchill called the Iron Curtain. Right, for sure.
0: Uh, by the way, we're getting some text. 773 says, the bomb saved my father. He was training for the invasion of Japan in
1: Belgium. I had two uncles in the Pacific. Both of them came home.
0: Yeah. 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 And uh A four seven says my dad was scheduled to be shipped from Germany to the Pacific. Yeah, see there? Yeah. yeah. He was thankful for the atom bomb, a horrible bomb, but it may have saved more lives than it took. Yeah, we'll debate that for a long time, forever, obviously. The only uses of nuclear weapons, God willing. Boy, knock on wood everywhere you are, people. Um anyways. Uh, two, okay 269 says <laughs> history to, lessons over 269 says to change base can we get back to talking about candy like See? dean did last? there we go
1: <laughs> candy and ice cream
0: there we go <laughs> let's take a break uh, and let's get your uh, mother's day shout outs people 312-981-7200 i'd love to fill the rest of the program with calls from you texts from you uh giving some love to the mothers out there otherwise we got to talk more history here at 720 wgn When I just think of an outdoor space, boy, it, we don't get too many months of it, right? So sitting underneath a pergola, uh, maybe even having a beer at the end of the day, a long, hard day of work, and a summer day in the Chicagoland area, nothing uh, beats that. All right, got a lot of great texts on there. The 815, and again... Phone number here, 312-981-7200. And, uh, we did have one texter say that they're afraid to call in to talk about their mother that's passed on. It might be a little too emotional. So feel free to text on and I'm happy uh, to give a shout out to your mom either way. Uh, 815 says, my mom would take our school tights and dance around the kitchen with us. Thanks, mom, for all the wonderful and fun memories. Love and miss her so much. 414 says, my mom's the one who turned me on to WGN. Spike O'Dell, Bob Collins, she listened all the time. I've learned so much from her and think of her every single day. Her name is Marianne. That's Joan from Wisconsin. Thank you very much. 239, I think, puts uh, some perspective on how hard of a day this can be, not only for those of us um, that you may have lost your mother. Uh, 239 says, I am a mother, but both of my girls have passed away. A hard day today. Oof. <sighs> Thinking of you 239 today, that must be extremely uh, difficult. Our thoughts with you and our uh, sincere uh, well wishes. Um, 815 says, my colleague uh, posted this to our work message board, and I think it's beautiful. Here's the quote. Happy Mother's Day. My love also those to, uh, to those whose mom isn't here, those who didn't get to carry to term, stepmoms, those who have adopted, those who made the hard decision not to carry, and those whose relationship with their mom isn't the best. That's so true, right? I think a lot of people, boy, we were talking about June, uh, June Cleaver and, uh, leave it to be. It's, that's not the world we live in. And I think a lot of people know people. and Maybe that's yourself as well. You and your mom, uh, just didn't, didn't have that relationship that we love to see on TV and makes us all warm and feely. And that's okay too. Uh, but I know that that's, uh, makes it a tough day for you for sure. 630, uh, uh, chiming in. She says, and this is to that point. Although my mother isn't so good, I love hearing about those that are or were. Interesting. 312 if you want to join the conversation. I did have one interesting story, and this kind of connects what Schwanny and I were talking about with World War II and mothers. And boy, when you think about moms that have had to deal with a lot, you think of those um, oftentimes young mothers in the 40s who had their boys mostly, and and girls too, uh, working in our military, shipped overseas. Of course, we have military moms and families still to this day, of course, but just how many hundreds of thousands of young men were shipped overseas, many of them not coming home. But a Florida World War II veteran nurse just celebrated her 100th birthday by jumping out of a plane to skydive. She was a nurse. She served and is a nurse. Excuse me. She was a nurse. She's still alive. She served on the front lines during World War II. She celebrated that 100th birthday with the most daring of ways. She was 10,000 feet in the air and skydiving for the first time. Her name is Raymond Sullivan. She says, I had never done it, and I've done a lot of things in 100 years. The article in the Daily Mail describes her as the feisty centenarian, a mother, a grandmother, and a great-grandmother. And she added, quote, I thought I must do it. Well, I can. She said the skydiving adventure was on her bucket list. She told her friends two years ago that if she ever hit the age of 100, she would skydive. She said her friends appeared a bit skeptical. And as I'm looking at this article, I'm seeing so many great pictures of her taking this jump. Obviously in tandem. She didn't do a solo jump for the first time, but this happened on Monday. She proved all the naysayers wrong when she jumped 10,000 feet out of a plane soared like a bird over the Florida coast as her family, friends, and neighbors stood on the tarmac, taking video, snapping photos, and cheering her on. She served as a wartime nurse in a role that oftentimes was unpredictable and dangerous. And she says that Monday's a skydiving mission appeared to be no different. Once Sullivan dropped out of the plane, she said there was no turning back, obviously, free falling, going at speeds at 120 miles an hour, dropping 200 feet per second, all well attached to her instructor. She's a mother of four. She's described as the matriarch by family members. She's got six grandchildren, ten great-grandchildren, and two great-great-grandchildren. Wow. After she made the grand landing, she was elated to be back on solid ground. Yeah. She described the experience as scary. I appreciate the honesty. She didn't get down and say, hey, let's do it again. re-rack it. Send me back in the plane. No, she said it was scary. I'm glad to be down. The exciting adventure was captured on video for all to see. Uh, her grandchildren were sharing it all over Facebook. She's a Florida resident. She was originally from England. She got cheers from relatives all the way back home, uh, including one that said, if James Bond cast as a lady, suggest we just saw a cracking good candidate for sure. Well done Anti Ray says people on Facebook. That's wonderful. A nurse in World War II who experienced a lot overseas in that battle decided on her 100th birthday to skydive. Never too late for anything to be sure. Three one two ninety one seventy two hundred. if you want to join the conversation. Uh, 847 says, maybe don't talk about things you don't know about. I cringed when you talked knowingly about World War II. Hey, I've studied it, but yeah, I might have some blind spots on it. Why don't you let me know, 847, what I missed and chime on in? You're welcome to call. 312-981-7200 312-981-7200 if you want to join the conversation. Always welcome to hear my, uh, anything I got wrong about World War II history, Dave Schwan. Anyways, it's 1230, time for the news on WGN. Well, that sounds awesome. I can't wait to listen to Steve Dale on my drive home after this. I am kind of fascinated by that, right? Like we have it in our heads what we think that life must be like in Ukraine. Really appreciate Steve digging in deep to that. He's always got a great show. Look forward to that at one o'clock. I'm John Hansen. I'm in for Dean until then. Just, uh, your pencils and scorecards ready i'm in for john williams tomorrow from 10 a.m to 2 p.m look forward to your conversation then as well as on the winter's business lunch in the middle of that sandwich and then i'll be back at six for your money matters and then i'll be here monday through thursday for that show if you haven't listened to that that's uh mondays through thursdays at six o'clock we talk about all things financial from the world of what it really matters to your wallet right There's a lot of important discussions about inflation, and we hear about these, and we hear stock numbers. Okay, at 6 o'clock, we say, what does that mean to your bottom line? And how can we get you more money? How can we get you to save it and do it right? A lot of topics we have, and I appreciate all of our great listeners we've had since we launched that show in early February. It is Mother's Day, and I could not let the show go by. And uh, I'm just so thankful, of course. And my mom's a very young and healthy woman. And, Mom, happy Mother's Day. How are you doing?
8: Hi, Jonathan. How are you doing?
0: And you hear how she calls me Jonathan, everybody? Uh, <laughs> I am known as John. My full name is Jonathan. And I've always been Jonathan to you, Mom.
8: Yeah, exactly. I was listening. I've been out in the yard playing in the dirt and cleaning up the yard and listening to you on WGN. I, a
0: great show! Uh, well, thank you, mom. My mom. Yes, uh, I don't I'm think there's no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's an hour that uh, I'm on WGN that goes by that uh, your dad or both of you aren't listening, and that means a lot to me, mom. I always appreciate when you guys listen.
8: Yeah, we're your biggest fans. What can we say? Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> so you raised um, me, you raised uh, my older brother, who just turned 40. love saying that yeah. as many times as I can, because I'm not there yet. And uh, our younger brother, <laughs> you're, uh, my, uh, my dad, who's been on this radio program. We talked about him earlier, Fire Chief still in Lincolnwood. Yeah. What was it? I mean, you raised uh, three boys, and for a lot of that time, at least when I was really young, you were still working as a teacher, too.
8: Yeah, I think, you know, teaching high school prepared me really well for raising boys because everybody at the high school I taught art and they thought, "Oh, you know, we don't know where to place this boy who like maybe is a little too busy in some of the other classes so they put him in art." <laughs> so, one time I had 23 boys and one girl in a ceramics class. Are you kidding? So I was no, I'm not kidding.
0: I was ready for boys. Wow! <laughs> uh, and then you went back to teaching at Downers Grove South yeah. after teaching at Westmont for many years. Uh yep. And uh, well, you were a great mother, mom. You are still, oh. of course. Not were and uh,
7: <laughs> no, yeah, you were not so much anymore,
0: mom. Come on, step it up. Get back to it. No, but I'm working on it. You know, my my mom, as she just told you all, was an art teacher, but was um. You know, I think what you know what makes a great mother, and you know, I'm so blessed to have one. I know this isn't universal, of course. Um, you just fostered so much creativity, and you let me listen to WGN Radio. Uh, what, 16 hours a day with Cubs games and all? Yeah.
8: <laughs> yeah. Well, I I got lucky because every one of you guys is different in wonderful ways. But my second son, you, I got kind of my artsy guy, mm-hmm. and so it was different than me. You weren't into more of the two-dimensional arts, but you loved everything with a microphone. Oh my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) There was never a microphone from the time you were born that you didn't love. (laughs) So it was fun to have a son who was interested in some of the things that you know relate to me yeah oh
0: so. yeah well i always appreciate it i used to uh listen to wgn i had a carry you got me a karaoke machine for one christmas <laughs> uh a keyboard or excuse me santa got me those things and uh of course i just it was so lucky thanks for putting in the good word with the man on the north pole yeah. but so many birthday yeah. parties and uh they were uh i always appreciated you guys letting me do those stuff but no matter yeah. how loud it was in the house
8: yeah and one of your favorite gifts of all time was a dry erase board <laughs> that you used to keep track of the score for the Cubs when they were on WGN radio. That's right. I mean, people don't know you were also a sports fanatic, yeah. and so it was, you were just, you were fun. Yeah. You know, you saw the world in a different way.
0: Yeah, right. And uh and yeah. I appreciate that. It's obviously helped a lot. Well, enough about me, Mom. You're a great mom. You did so much for me. us and uh uh you you continue that on now and uh enjoy enjoy Mother's Day. We're gonna swing out later on, I okay? Will. All
8: right. Love you, Jonathan. Love
0: you too, Mom. I, think I appreciate that. Bye. I hope you all don't mind the point of personal privilege there. Just uh, got a chance to call my mom on the radio. She hasn't been on WGN yet in my many years here and I wanted to have her on. But I'd love your shout outs too. 312-981-7200. You can call on in, you can text on in, whatever you want. Uh, we've got some great texts coming in. 773 says, My mother, Ollie, known as sweet and caring, one of 12 children. She had one child, me, at almost 50 years old, despite 10 out of 13 doctors telling her to give up on the pregnancy i'm grateful love and miss her she passed away at 90 years old nine years ago thank you 773 really appreciate that 312 shout out to my mom joan she didn't jump out of a plane but she's over 103 years old has now survived both world wars spanish flu and now covid she loves wgn and has listened since wally phillips she's amazing and she's still going strong Eight four seven says my mom was my hero. She passed away four months ago at the age of 83. She was on the AM radio for 52 years with her Polish radio program. I miss you, mom. That's from the eight four seven. I got goosebumps on Polish radio for 52 years passing away four months ago our thoughts are with you 847 on this day i know it must be a difficult one for sure let's get those texts on and let's get those calls on and shout outs to mom to wrap up the show 312-981-7200 here on wgn Sure is, here on uh, WGN 1249. Just a few more minutes left with you here. Steve Dale coming up next on WGN. I'm John Hansen. I'm in for Dean Richards here on this Mother's Day. And uh, we've gotten so many great Texts and a couple calls too. And I think people get kind of emotional talking about moms, especially of course, uh, if they're no longer with us. And we've gotten so many great texts that I'm happy to continue to read those. This from the 608. Hello, John. I'm a mom and a grandma and I have the honor of working with moms and their young children. The most wonderful thing each of us can do for a young mom we see in public is to offer a smile, a kind word, open a door, or any act of kindness. We never know if they are struggling or lonely or exhausted. That simple act can make all the difference on a difficult day. Happy Mother's Day. Oh, what a great text from the 608. You know, I, I don't have kids. We hope to one day, and I... <laughs> I think of my mom and I think of all our moms out there when uh, maybe they're, they're also working a job or their husband's working a job, their spouse is busy doing something and they've got a kid or two and they're dragging them around on errands and, uh, You know, maybe they've got a billion things on their mind, you know, financial things, where they're going to go, all the difficulties that must come with, you know, having other humans to take care of. And I just love that sentiment, the idea of "Eh, open the door for one, make their day a little bit easier if you can. 574 says, I miss my mom's goulash that I know and lungalo lungalo. I don't know what that is. If anyone knows what Lungalo is, I'm sure we'll get a lot of texts. Ron, if you know, or Jack, I don't know if you know what Lungalo is. Text it in. But the 574 says, I miss my mom's goulash and Lungalo. 773 says, my mother died in 2019 at the age of 102. I was blessed to be with her to the very end. She was the life of the party. A life well lived. Amen to that. 102 years old. I know that's still tough when you lose your mother, I imagine, or father, or anyone, even at an age of 102. But I think there's some solace in that exact sentiment. A life well lived. The 708 says, WGN, you are awesome. You know, this is how we make sure you re- we read your text on the air, by the way. 708 says, WGN, you are awesome. And yes, my mom turned me on also to Wally Phillips, Roy Leonard. They were on the kitchen every day all morning. And then just a few years ago, I decided to join them and have enjoyed every single moment of WGN Radio. You are awesome. Moms are our anchor, our rock, our warmth, our love, our guide lights, our compass when we are young and our best friends as we get older and those that life comes full circle that we care for them in times of need and age. So many stories. Thank you for providing a place for great sharing and love for one and all. Oh, that almost made me tear up live on air. Uh, Yeah, there is some full circle-ness to it. Jack, you want to chime in here? I know your mom's a listener, right?
3: Yeah, she always listens. Her uh, and my grandma, they always text me during the show. It's funny. Like when Dean plays all these songs from the 80s. She's like, these are awesome. And I'm just like, I've, <laughs> I have I've no idea what these are. Uh-huh, yeah, but she's listening uh, and a happy Mother's Day to her, right? Yeah, happy Mother's Day, Mom, love you. Thanks for uh, always supporting me and uh, motivating me and um, yeah, happy Mother's Day to all the Mother's Days out there. For sure. Uh,
0: 630 says, I want to send a thank you to my husband who's passed for making me a mom. My favorite job ever. Thinking of you, 630. I know that's tough too. Uh, 630, oh, this is something that I've been telling texting back and forth. Uh, I'm a mom to five and a grandmother to three. And I mentioned earlier, I was born at Hinsdale Hospital. And this person says, I've been a labor and delivery nurse at Hinsdale Hospital for 43 years. Maybe I was there when you were born. I replied that I was born in 84 and she said, started there in 1979. So all three of us were born at Hinsdale Hospital. So there's a good chance you were there the day I was born. Uh, apologies for all the crying I did. 312 said, my mom was loving to many and wasn't always loving to me, though. I'm grateful that for her final year of life, while I was caring for her, she forgot why she was mad at me, and she was nice to me. She died at 98 in 2020 with me holding her hand. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I appreciate that, the honesty there, the raw emotion that that must be, that maybe you didn't have a great relationship, but there in that last year, okay, there was um, some forgiveness there, and that's um, that's a wonderful sentiment. I'm glad that you were there for that. Oh, boy, I've never gotten this emotional on the show. I don't know if you all are as well. Trying to keep things light. I got to follow Dean's example of candy. We talked about the party lines earlier. Things were great. And then we started on Mother's Tributes. That's okay. That's what this show uh, and WGN is all about. And I just love all the messages we've gotten about how WGN has been this generation. Thing for so many of you, and as we're celebrating our 100th year, it just kind of feels so right. And it was like that way, as you heard my mom, Marsha chiming in. It was on in our house, on in the car, no matter what. And that's been a gift from there, them to me. Uh, not only as an avid listener of WGN still to this day, but obviously as someone that gets to participate on the programs, it's uh, it's great. Tell you what, let's take a break. If you have any last-minute shout-outs, feel free to get them in. 312-981-7200, and then we'll wrap this up and set it up for the news, and Steve Dale from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom after this break on WGN. All right, got about two more minutes left of uh, me, John Hanson, in for Dean Richards, and I just had some great texts, not only about moms, I'll try to get to a couple more, but the, the 815 said, oh my gosh, that last text had me bawling my eyes out. I'm so grateful to the person who sent it, and that was the person who said that they um, didn't have the best relationship with their mom till the final year of her life uh, when she was caring for her mother and that they were together when she passed and um, that person also then followed up saying uh, that they shared that story because it can be healing for others too who didn't have mrs brady as their mom bringing a full circle to the television mom uh, segment that we had earlier Yes, that's exactly what it is. And I know this has been a raw and emotional hour as some of us honor our moms past and present. Uh, but I think that it's okay to reckon with that emotion sometimes and, uh, realize and, and, and also have sympathy and empathy for people that don't have their mothers, uh, on this day and every day. And also those of those of us who didn't have or those of folks who didn't have, uh, incredible relationships with their moms too. Uh, it's a complex situation, of course. And, uh, I just really, oh, we got so many. I'm trying to get a couple more in here uh i'm just trying to find them this is great radio as i scroll through these text messages my mom bertha here it is this is what we'll wrap with eight four seven my mom bertha was a diehard cubs fan and always listened to wgn and i watched the cubs win the world series with her she that was 2016 of course uh she passed away at 91 in 2017 I'm so glad she saw it. Uh, miss her every day, but walking to the cemetery with her now amongst all of the angels. Okay. Woo. Tell you what, that's going to be the end of the show. We got the news coming up in a moment.